I offer you a chance for greatness, Jorel. Take it. Join us. You will bow down before me, Jorel. I swear it. No matter that it takes an eternity, you will bow down before me. Both you and then one day, your ass. Okay, so this is uh, episode four of Fire in the Hole. This is Jason. And Richard. And uh, so we're here with a very special guest, um, very good, an old friend of mine, uh, Julian Smith. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So uh, on the more official, uh, I guess, in the more official way, we could say that Julian is one of the first podcasters out of Montreal and maybe even North America uh, back in the day, um, with a small group of guys, uh, and um, he uh, he's a bit of a pioneer in in that field. At least he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> you you can you stay a pioneer even oh. if you stop doing it. Okay, once I you think once you've done it, it's yeah, like it's it's on the Wikipedia. Okay, page, fair if there enough. Was one. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wikipedia, take note. Uh, he is a pioneer and shall be, <laughs> on and on forever and ever, uh, as foretold by the prophecy. Uh, and so from there, I think you moved on to uh, authoring, right? You used to move on to books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you co-wrote a book with uh, Chris Brogan True. Uh, called The Trust Agents. Mm-hmm. And I believe you did it again, but first you released your own book called The Flinch. That's right. Which was a free release on Amazon. That is true. Yes. Um, and uh, we'll talk about all of these in, in, uh, in, in sequence in a moment. And then I believe The Impact Equation was next. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was around the same time. Were you already working on your on your startup? Yeah, like in sequence or whatever. Okay. So, but uh, you were also the CEO and founder of Breather Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was that happening at the same time that you were kind of like no, like pretty much one after the other. One after the other. Okay. So mm-hmm. one after the other. That's what you mm-hmm. meant. Okay. So yeah, welcome to the show, man. Uh, l- listen, despite all of your incredible achievements, uh, I would we I would have had you on anyway. Oh wow. Yeah. Th- well, thanks. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because uh, you know, I like you, and I've known you a long time. Good radio. I, good radio. And uh, Richard, uh, I mm-hmm. believe, uh, knows you as well a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, through you, we've interacted. Yeah. Been- <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, this is uh, you know, it's it's really great to have you here, and I guess uh, you know, <clears throat> as we've seen before on uh, Fire in a Hole, we're getting closer to closer to sort of finding what the. Mm-hmm. What the feeling is, what the actual mission statement of this whole show is, um, what we've been talking about so far is kind of uh, keeping it loose and, and relaxed, but also we're interested in, I guess, maybe um, providing a sort of uh, broadcast for the moderate uh, sort of thinking man mm-hmm. in the 21st century who's caught between what he's told consistently by advertisers and, and mainstream media and uh, underground feeds coming from the internet and radio mm-hmm. and such. So we're sort of here to, to you know, maybe sometimes, in the, in the best of times, uh, hammer out some situations and some thoughts and some things that are going on in society. And the worst of times, uh, have beers and have a good time. And forget what happened. Exactly. Try yeah. to forget. <laughs> Try to forget that we read the news. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sort of indulge in just a good conversation. So, um, you know, I guess maybe let's start this thing off by just, uh, you know, 
how's it going, man? Like, what do you what have you been up to? Good. Super busy. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, I listened to your your first show? I thought it was super good. You guys talked about banter and like how you have this sense of uh, in good shows you have this sense of like wanting to be in the room and want to interject. And I I was like, yeah. Like you have that energy. Oh, thank however, you. however you got it, maybe it comes just from the chemistry between people that are on the show. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they know each other. They have this sense of being able to talk back and forth. So it's working. You know, uh, it was good to listen to, and it's good to be on the show or whatever. Thanks, man. I mean, uh, you know, I think that was pretty much the uh, the reason we got we started doing this. Mm-hmm. We've known each other for some time, and we kept just having these really good conversations, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had these great conversations, and then. We're like, you know, we were listening to podcasts here and there and we realized, hey, you know, it'd be great to maybe just see if anyone else is thinking about these things that Mm -hmm. we're thinking about. And that's exactly the uh, quality we were looking for is not the best podcast ever or whatever, or this is so, so important and so astute. What we're looking for is a show where people listening to it um, consistently or at least once in a while feel like, man, I wish I was, I were there. I could just man, I really have something to contribute to this. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's, to me, pretty much the hallmark of a good podcast, I think. Yeah. Those are the podcasts that I listen to. Right? Yeah. All the <laughs> Wait, podcasts this is not, this Not this podcast that you listen to. <laughs> no, no, not this podcast. Yeah. But all the podcasts that I listen to. Did are, you guys, wait, hold on. Do you guys actually listen to the show after you publish the show? This is like a confession. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's been it's a bit of a journey it's it's weird for me to think that anyone's going to give a shit about what I no, have but to like, say. Isn't there like there's already a bunch of likes on Facebook and there's like a, a fair number of downloads slash listens, like not zero, which is already Yeah, solid. yeah. Well, we, we've been really happy with the response that we had mm-hmm. so far. I mean, yeah. we've only had, this is our fourth episode yeah. and already mm-hmm. we've gotten a lot of good feedback on it so far. Mm-hmm. But that was the biggest barrier for me going into it, it was like, who the hell is going to want to listen to me talk about anything? <laughs> Shockingly, there are people. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I do go back and listen to it, but more just to see if there's anything that I can fix for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm certainly really, you know, I guess the, the flow of this and the way that the reason that this works, I think, or it will work or is working. Um, you've got me who, I mean, since I was born, I've been talking. Right, this I didn't. Is true. You were not stopped. <laughs> My own mother tells me that uh, I was talking well before I actually knew words, mm-hmm. and I just I would just pull myself up in my crib and then just blab, <laughs> and she would laugh hysterically because I, apparently I would have this like it sounded like a speech, mm-hmm. right? I'd have little pauses and gestures, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'd pause dramatically, but it was just gibberish, right? Sure. So uh, talking has always come very easily to me. I, I realized somewhere in my teens that I had a, an incredible incredible fuel tank when it came to, to endless, talk. Endless, you could almost Endless, say. some would say. <laughs> some some in the know would say that it is without end uh, and without uh, purpose. No, but um, uh, I had to make my peace with that. You know, I had to realize, you know, Jason, uh, you have a big mouth and you like to talk. You are who you are. So at that point, I also realized that I was a compassionate person and I care genuinely about people and what they think and, and how they feel. So then I developed this idea that instead of trying to pull back as much and, and just basically trying to be, to be something I'm not mm-hmm. and being quiet, which sure. I can't be quiet, um, I'm going to try to just inject as much content in there that might be of some interest to the people who... <laughs> With the, like when you go to a party and you're, well, not everything he said was interesting, but he did say this one interesting thing. That's the part they remember. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, there will be people being victimized by me <laughs> vo- verbally mm-hmm. uh, at parties and at other social functions. Mm-hmm. Therefore, in the interest of maintaining sanity and friends, mm-hmm. uh, I do my utmost to inject. Now, if we hang out with, with him, it will not be quiet. It will not be quiet. So, but I do well at parties, mm-hmm. apparently. It seems that way. So for me, the challenge here was to actually, because I, I could have just tried to go solo, but I have absolutely no power. Yeah, and I was noticing this, not to interrupt. No, please go ahead. But there was this, uh, there's this, uh, I mean, as you know, when I, did a, when I did a show, I did it almost exclusively by myself. Right. And when you do it by yourself, creating energy in a show is really hard. Right. And uh, Richard, you were talking about this before before we started recording. There's this sense of um, uh, like you have to create energy because you you're you're doing this like intro. You guys do a little intro song that I don't know if it's always the same one, but I like. So it, but it creates energy at the beginning, right? And you really need that energy when you're doing a show by yourself. Because mm-hmm. like, fuck, God forbid that they <laughs> should start listening to a single dude, like probably white male in his 30s droning on in a basement, you know? <laughs> and so at least, not at least, but like, if there's multiple people, there's like real energy going on in the room and yeah. you can hear it when you're a listener, I think. So yeah. uh, a, a single dude talking uh, is probably the least compelling kind of show you could do. Yeah, depending on the dude. I mean, uh, there's some powerful monologuers out there. You Monologists. Know, they, mono, 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 no, that's true. This mono, is a real word. Really? Monologist. Monologist. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there, yeah, there are, in fact, people you could listen to all day, like Sean Connery, for instance. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but a lot of these uh, people who are doing uh, podcasts on their own who are listenable, tend, they tend to be the radio type. Yeah. Or, sure. You know, where mm-hmm. they're, like, doing sound effects and... Oh, really, you're right. You know, like you're right. Yeah. Little song like radio type voice where they're talking really like this all the time and mm. up and down and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But see, so... It's just, it's it's not genuine. Mm. No, it's... Well, let, let's let's be fair and say that it's a different kind of uh, broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got to give the guy or the girl the benefit of the doubt and understand that they got to keep the energy going by themselves. Mm-hmm. This is... I think your point, right? Yeah. The, the first podcaster ever, well, not really, but almost the first podcaster, the guy who's credited with it, was Adam Curry, who was an MTV VJ in the 1980s, uh, created, not really, but kind of the first podcast, and he was one of those radio guys. He had all these sounds, like, bah, 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 like all these things, <laughs> but he, he had millions and millions of listeners, because there was only one podcast. <laughs> right. So what else, really? He cornered the market. You know, and, and uh, but it really, it really worked for him, and and for the first few years, that started podcasting as everyone was trying to emulate and be like that guy, right? Which uh, makes sense. Which and he was trying to be like radio. So yeah. So, so okay. So first conclusion, I have, I talk a lot. Don't be Con- by yourself. Conclusion number two was <laughs> okay. Then make it interesting if you're going to be mon- monopolizing people's time. And then in the third, this is a recent discovery well, into my early 30s, is that I realized that the, real, the really good shit that comes out of me, because it does happen occasionally, uh, was almost not 100% of the time because I had a good sounding board or someone to mm-hmm. interact with mm-hmm. that also brought strong ideas and things like that. Mm-hmm. So then enter Richard, who's been uh, my, my best friend pretty much for the last 10, 15 years. And Richard, I think... And you may, may correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you were not at all like me in that sense, right? Quite the opposite. You're the quiet type. <laughs> yeah. Quite the opposite. I'm more of a listener than a talker, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> this is an effort for me to, mm. to so, do this. Is it? Yeah, a little bit. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, so you know, you're. But I, I mean, I know you're not the type of the quiet type that doesn't know what to say or gets all nervous and stuff. You're, um, you've got this quality to you where when you just listen and listen and listen, and then finally when you say like one sentence, it's got the same value as that other person's forty minutes of, of rambling, right? <laughs> you, you have these the concentrated bursts, if you will, of of content, right? So that makes you an incredibly therapeutic for me <laughs> to know right so i guess in the in the greatest sense what i'm saying is that uh, what this is for us i think is a therapy in the sense that sure. i and it's I, cheaper than therapy it's a bit cheaper mm-hmm. it's a bit cheaper mm-hmm. i pull back a little bit on on the guns and then richard sort of pushes a bit his uh, normal limits right yeah a little bit and then yes and that, that's you. So we, mm-hmm. have, we have interesting people on and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we try to create some sort of dynamic, right? But we try to keep it relaxed. Right. So mm-hmm. we understand that people are listening and we want to make it entertaining, but we're not, not going to make monkeys out of ourselves. Right? We're not going to make fools out of ourselves just... Not yet. Not yet. Not. And well, it's very fluid. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's worked very well. Like, the, yeah. these conversations are No, because aren't it's that, organic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These conversations mm-hmm. are not that much different than the conversations that we would have... Mm-hmm. Believe it or sitting not. ...sitting at a, at a bar having a pint. Sure. 4 a.m. in the morning, we've had talks like these, right? Yeah. Tired, upset. The difference now is there's a microphone. There you go. Yeah. And we let each other finish now, our thoughts. Now, it, now it's here forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of the conversations. Forever and ever. It's will true. Will be recorded and kept together it. forever. So, there's something cool about that, though. There, are, you know what? There is. If you, if you, uh, if you can get over, uh, you know, I mean, you're already posting Facebook photos that are probably embarrassing. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. Sure. Why not? Why the hell not? I mean, if if they're gonna, if the internet's gonna have any part of me forever, why not this? <laughs> right? Sure, I'm not 15 anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm wearing clothes. I'm wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah, you know, who cares? Theoretically, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not 15, and then uh, thank God, right? Mm-hmm. That that sh- this this stuff wasn't around when we were that age. Yeah, All the dark poetry and the <laughs> the love letters and the. Did you Jesus. write poetry when you were fifteen? Oh my God! Did I ever? You did? Yeah. Really? I didn't see you as the poetry type. No, no, I was uh, the teenage angst was in full effect. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, yeah. So, what about you? Were you a talkative child? Uh, well, I uh, I'm not sure. Uh, now. I definitely, like, I talk for a living. Right. And actually, well, ever since I, when I podcasted for a living, I, I talked for a living as well, right? So I kind of always communicated for a living. Um, but I'm not sure if I came about it reluctantly or not. Okay. It's hard to say. So almost like a middle middle ground between me like and Like, I'm good at it, but it's a job. Like, it's, it doesn't, it's not natural. You okay. know, I'll, I'll probably be quiet and just listen to other people at the party. Uh, but then... If I need to turn it on, I do. Okay. And then it's, I'm good at it. But that's something definitely that you've developed in, I would say, in the last decade or so. Do you find? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons I brought you on is uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, to uh, take you down a notch. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The actual mm-hmm. thing here for is For the that, record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you when you see your friends and you've known them for a long time, you know, you get these opportunities to kind of tell them, hey, man, I'm proud of you, man. You know? Mm-hmm. You're doing all right. Or... You should stop doing drugs, buddy, because <laughs> is that what this is? I'm worried about you, right? <laughs> it's an intervention. Yeah. But these, these, there are these little intervention moments or when you just like have enough to drink, you, you look at this guy that, or girl that you've known for a long time, you're like, I like you, man. Mm-hmm. You should know this. 
But uh, uh, one of the things I want to say is that like uh, I'm really, 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 really blown away okay. by the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Before that, you didn't impress me. <laughs> uh, but mm-hmm. no, seriously, mm-hmm. I, I've seen you literally make yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen you make yourself into uh, into what you are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're aware of it or not, mm-hmm. um, uh, I sort of ebb and flow and I go with the things that happen to me and mm-hmm. I become whatever. I kind of bounce around like an asteroid a little bit. That's how Like my, an asteroid. Like an asteroid. I know they mostly, they mostly just shoot into space touching nothing. They don't. So there's no bouncing that They don't hit each other? The metaphor does not work. All right. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I'm like a... But it sounds good. I, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a pinball. Good. Right? Yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that <laughs> I'm just changed by the things that happen. We're getting there. We're getting, getting there. <laughs> this is a therapy session. <laughs> but uh, I, I, whether you're aware of it or not, I feel like there's been a very determined and willful sort of strategy where you've not necessarily that you've you mm-hmm. saw ahead of time what would happen, mm-hmm. but you just like took you just took this initiative at some mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. somewhere around the time you were podcasting, and you were like, okay, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go here. And then this door opened and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going through that door mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go into writing and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And then it was, mm-hmm. it's just like you leveled up, man, in the last 10 years mm-hmm. in a really, really impressive way. And, uh, I just, were you, are you even aware? Yeah. Well, it started with, I, I, uh, maybe you take us through uh, the process. I wouldn't say it like that, but, uh, but I, it started with podcasting mm-hmm. uh, and I realized that I'm really good at doing things about six months before people realize that it's a thing. Okay. So it actually does not even, it's not even about being good or better than other people. It's just about like doing it while it's not hard. And it just occurs to you? Uh, well, I just kind of realized when something, like, do you remember when, when Twitter became, well, no. So do you remember when I first said, Jason, you should join Twitter? And I was, I was probably with Jean, who's another friend of ours. And maybe Kurt was there or something, another friend of ours. And, uh, and literally everyone was like, that is the dumbest thing. And I was like, no, but it's a thing. And so I just, I just seems to be able to do that over and over and over again. So I actually don't even, I don't need to compete and I don't really need to, you know, like when you hear all these stories about, I don't know, what's the guy who started in Mad Men? Uh, Don Draper. That's not, that's a character. What's that's a character. Uh, John Hamm? John Hamm. So you tell these stories and he was like just about to quit acting and he'd been working at it for 10 years and going to auditions and he 10 had years. Yeah. And he's just like, fuck. He's like, like Mark Ruffalo, same show? thing. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, was like, I, I'm, it's for some reason, it's just not working. Um, yeah, and then he did like, he's like, I'm going to do this last audition, and then he became Don Draper. Right. So I do the exact opposite of that. I just do things where no one else is doing it. So podcasting, the only reason I was, I was not a better podcast than other people, but because there were only like 50 podcasts, and they had to give a job to someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, um, I, uh, In Over Your Head, yes. that was your podcast? Yes. Right. Um, uh, I remember, I, actually, I think you had me on one time. That's possible. Uh, and uh, you were doing it all by your lonesome, man, and there mm-hmm. was no podcasting thing going yep. on. Like, mm-hmm. there was no scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, were, you were kicking ass, as I recall. I, it was it was easy to do and it was easy to get listeners because there was nobody else there. But okay. actually, I'm I'm noticing the opposite. Like like when I when I see the numbers track up on y'all's thing here, yeah, this show, I'm like, man, I wish it was that easy because there's so many just more people listening now. Right. And where me, I was like literally going through my server logs, which I don't even know how I learned to do that. But like, look at okay, there's five IP addresses. That's probably five people that <laughs> downloaded in the last 24 hours. You know, right? And uh, but it was relatively easy. And uh, 
and uh, yeah, so I mean, so thanks. Uh, but it's probably just because I'm, I'm good at sort of detecting things a little bit before they become mainstream. That's, uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be a useful useful skill, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but focus on what you're good at. Again, uh, having the ability to do that and capitalizing it is, again, yet another thing, right? And mm-hmm. it seems like you've been able to do both. Yeah, um, it's like if you figure out what you're good at or something, you just do that thing. And uh, you just surround yourself with other people that are better at right. the things that you suck at. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's that's what what we're doing right now. <laughs> I talk a yeah, lot. Yeah. I'm good at it. I do it more. But God forbid I should be in a room by myself God doing forbid. it by myself. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's the thing. That I realized that. Sorry, that must have been hard doing it on your own. Uh, well, I think uh, you really have to. You, I would listen to the shows. I remember I worked at Fido at the time. Right. Right. So, and I remember listening to a show. This is a moment that came to me just as we started recording this thing. And I remember listening to an old show because I had to transfer my own shows on my iPod and listen to them after. Because I would record after coming home at 2 o'clock in the morning. It was the end of my shift because I worked the midnight shift. Night shift, yeah. yeah. And I would record the show from about 2 to 4 in the morning. And uh, and then in the morning, next shift, I would listen to it. And I was like, I just put on the worst show (laughs) I've ever seen. Oh God! I've got to download this as soon. I've got to. I've got to delete this as fast as possible from the internet. I just remember listening and being profoundly like, so embarrassed. Well, you must be so self-conscious at this stage, right? Well, you've I mean, literally you got know, no one else doing this yeah. either. And also, you're you're really at you uh, like you know you guys talk about Joe, Joe Rogan and some other people that you listen to, and like at the time there's a sense of admiration, like oh my God, all these guys like they just have the best shows. They're so popular. And you're thinking about like five other guys that have shows. Right. Right. And maybe hundreds or something of people. Okay. Uh, and you're like, wow, like you just admire them so bad and you kind of want to be like them. And if you put up a bad show, you're like, that's it. I'm done. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> the dream is done. <laughs> the dream is dead. <laughs> I'm going to be terrible at this. So you mentioned, I think, uh, that there was a collective, right, at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of uh, like a, a small clan of people. Of podcasters. Yeah, yeah because, because nobody did it. Mm-hmm. And everybody was, you know, you're actually literally 30-something white male in, the, in middle America, mm-hmm. right? And actually, there's a turns out there's a good reason for that. Is because if you commuted to work like via subway or by walking, you probably didn't have the time to listen to a sixty-minute podcast. Right. But if you if you were going to drive to work, that's how people used to listen to the shows. They would download it onto their iPod overnight, and then they would have something to listen to on the way to work. Right. So all the listeners were thirty-something males going to <laughs> suburb jobs, and so all the podcasters right. also turned out to be oh, the same. Makes people. sense. So makes I sense. because uh, I was unusual because <laughs> I was slightly I was way younger than them. Uh, but uh, I would go to all these meetups and it was like, you know, and it was like, it was a really big deal. It felt like a little, I don't know, like whenever, when punk music started or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a little rebel radio situation. Yeah, it felt like rebel yeah. radio. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, and actually one of them, Bob Guyatch, who you may have met before, actually did do an illegal radio station before. And uh, he told me a story once about how all these, uh, how it's it's illegal in the CRTC, like, it was like driving a van around Rosemere or whatever. Okay. Trying to find out where the signal was coming from. Oh, wow. Because they were sending the signal out from their house. They were literally trying to... Z- and they're like, fuck, that's the van. I'm like, turn off the radio. That's some real, that's some <laughs> yeah. real old it's real, school yeah. shit, right? It really there's illegal a, radio. There's a movie about like that, Christian I think. Christian Slater movie, I think. Even Yeah, there's that. But there's <laughs> another one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman um, where I think they tell the story of the first... 
British pirate radio guys. Oh, yeah. And they were doing yeah. it off a ship. Mm-hmm. They bought some piece of shit boat. <coughs> they cool. sailed it out into international waters <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, That's the kind uh, of thing that would happen. So that, that was in the old days, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, so do you remember the names of these people? I uh, do I do. Well, I remember Bob Goyach, where just because I still have his, I texted him like last week. Okay. Uh, Adam Curry was one of them. Dave Weiner was one of them. Dave Weiner was the guy who invented RSS, which is what made podcasting possible. Really? In 2004. Is, uh, is he, where is he from? So he was a, uh, maybe Silicon Valley okay. or something. And That's Adam Curry was a, was a European uh, MTV DJ. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and the John and Drew show was one of the most popular shows. And, uh, and Michael Butler, what did they have? Rock and Roll Radio. Or it was just like, there were like 50 shows. Insomnia yeah. Radio was a very, one of the biggest popular music shows. Okay. And then I had a hip hop show. Right. You had a hip hop yeah. show, which right. uh, is mm-hmm. totally in keeping with your. Um, Completely you know, makes no sense personality. Um, yeah. Caucasian, North <laughs> yeah. American, from from the West Island originally. Correct. Right. Yeah. It, you, all, it could only be a hip hop Show, course, really. Yeah. I was really angry, I think, is what it was. <laughs> you know what's surprising me, too, is that I remember the hip-hop used to play. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was legit hip-hop. Yes. And there's a story from there that I remember that I'm going to insist you tell in a minute. Um, because your <coughs> podcast took off, right? Uh, yeah, it got picked up by Sirius Satellite Radio. Right. And so you became mm-hmm. one of the first paid... Yeah, paid, there uh, were like six. There were podcasters? Six. Yeah. Right. So they right. actually were... Okay, so once mm-hmm. uh, the once there this became a job, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, th- did that have an effect on it's, your? It started sucking. It started sucking. Yeah, it started sucking. Interesting. Yeah, I I loved doing my show, and then someone gave me a contract, and my first ad was for Absolute Vodka. I remember it very clearly, <laughs> and I had to talk about Absolute Vodka on, on a show quite like this. Okay, and like, you didn't have a co- you like didn't. go yeah go ahead go ahead do a little bit right now. This about Absolute Vodka. Yeah, go ahead go for it. Absolute Vodka. I gave you five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> See, as soon as I give you five bucks, you're like, no. No. So that's what it was like. I, well, just yeah. so I know, mm-hmm. did, did you have a prepared script where you're like, absolute vodka? Uh, no, I think I could say what I the want. Next generation. Oh, you could, but you just had to drop it. I had to drop absolute vodka. Like, like man, it, yeah. I can't do this show without it. Without, no, 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 no. You could say it. You could. You could say. By the way, which one? Let you know. This show is sponsored by Absolute Vodka. Oh, okay. And they're making me say this. Like you could say that. Oh, okay. You know, okay. So it didn't have yeah. to be like, man. You know, when I when I get up in the morning, <laughs> and I have my absolute vodka for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it's just changed. Okay, so you could you could uh, sort of break the fourth wall there. And the, yeah, you could. Well, you, I mean, podcasting is all about breaking the fourth wall. Right. Kind of. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting. But point. you couldn't yeah. choose. Which sponsor? Like you had to go with Absolute. Well, Absolute was the only one that would do it at the time. Yeah, uh, right. Like so, okay. it was like fuck. Well, Rogan was doing the Flashlight for the Flashlight. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. His, yeah. Only, his only sponsor that's for right years up there was Flashlight. It. Yeah, that's uh, very. And he had to talk at the beginning. <laughs> if you think it's hard to talk about Absolute Vodka, <laughs> try talking about the merits of the Flashlight. Have you guys heard about like, this? I, I'm not even going to say <clears> it. I, there's a there's a there's a new one that's out on Indiegogo right now. A oh, new really? Flashlight. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I dare not say the name. You you may dare. It's called the three fap. <laughs> <laughs> Give us details. Well, it's got oh, the it's, three it's fap. Just, why don't I just play the video? I can just play the video. No, right no, we uh, <laughs> we we insist that you put it into words. Ah, it's got. Oh, this is so I can't. Believe the three fap. How did I even get into this? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so I don't know, but it was getting popular on the internet yesterday. So I saw it somewhere. It's big on the internet, yes. But it's uh, anyway. There's there's 
You could you, you could use it three ways. That's that's all that we're saying. The CEO of Breather Incorporated, everyone. Has nothing to do with this. I can't believe I got pulled into this. This is horrible. Okay, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being rude. So the three fat, go. I, I, there are three ways to use it. Three ways, okay. Yeah. So it's not just because uh, immediately one, I thought two. In three faps, you're done. That's what I thought. <laughs> that, that was my first thought immediately out of the gate. The time saver. I was wrong. It is not a efficient fapper. <laughs> it is in fact a multitasking, multi-channel fapping <laughs> device. Okay. Nice. So uh, three ways. Do you know yeah. the ways? No, I don't. Okay. That's too bad. <laughs> we need to do but research you on that. You, you yeah. dear reader, a listener, can look this up on your when, own. When uh, we start generating money, we're going to have a guy just doing that or a girl just doing that. Like, okay, like get us up. the deets yeah. on the three fat part. Okay. So before we <laughs> before we, this goes completely off the rails, yeah. uh, I want to come back to something really interesting that you said, which was that the second that the money started rolling in, it started to suck. Now, are you honestly mm. like it was doing it, the sucky part, or do you feel like the material actually started well, I, to so, take a dive? So it's, it's all about, oh, here we go. It's all because you have to, it has to be passion behind what you do, right? Cool. And you know, you know, you know, Richard, you were talking about this. The dude is like, ding, ding, and he's playing like the fart sounds and shit. <laughs> yeah. So that dude is a pro. And when he gets off the mic, he's like, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it every morning. Yeah. Right? You know? And he can't even come up with like new catchphrases. He's been using the same catchphrases for five years. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's like, that would be What's my that personal gunshot hell? sound I heard? <laughs> it would be, right? That would be my personal hell. You have to wake up early and then, you know, mm. put it on like that. And have a double-double. Yeah. Smack yourself in the face <laughs> and be like, wow, good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> right, okay. Fuck that. So, so what happens is you go from, let's say, once every 10 days or yeah. once every seven days. And then I had, for some reason, they made me produce it three times a week. Ouch. And so I went from, I went to three times a week and... I probably had to mention absolute vodka or something in all of them, and uh, and it had to be twenty three minutes or something because that's how long my segment on Sirius was. Uh-huh. And then after twenty three minutes, I would actually say something like, "Okay, see you, Sirius satellite radio like listeners," and I would cut the bit. And then anything I said after that, it was just published on the internet. Right. So, but the the sense of uh, I mean, yeah, you're just completely lost. Like, like, how the fuck are you going to talk for that long, mm. that many times a week, about not the news? Yeah, you know? right. So it's really hard. It became really hard. And I was like, I hate this. I hate, I can't believe this. Did the audience go up? Uh, well, I couldn't track. Uh, yeah, the audience did go up, but the but I couldn't track the the audience on Sirius Satellite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a completely different channel right. that I had no control over. But yeah, like... Yeah, obviously, a lot of people were listening. I was on the I was on the state the channel like right next to Howard Stern. Right, yeah. I was just about to mention Stern. Right, mm-hmm. so so the listeners go up, but the did you feel like the quality? Yeah, of your, yeah. And then at that point, at some point, I had to complain to them, like the because there was like an agent, basically, is what it is. Yeah, and uh, and then they were like, okay, you can only do you would only do it X number of times, and I was like, okay, and it got better then, and I got better at doing it. But I had to put, really put myself in a specific like state of mind in order mm-hmm. to produce the show. Like it was really like it became a job. It became a job. Yeah, completely. Right, and that's a dirty word uh, when it comes to something that you're doing with passion. Right. Yeah, it can be. And even though passion is overrated and 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 work is underrated, right? 
we, we if the, the best combination, the combination of both is really where it's at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you care about it, then... Even yeah. if no one is forcing you to do anything, getting into that work mentality is pays dividends, right? Forced creativity is a, is a tough pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah. So, mm. That's right. another... You know, having should, to turn it on. We should totally uh, think about adding passion to the show. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but but do you have it in your heart to do that? We should. We will. There's some on eBay. Maybe we could uh, order some. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Get some uh, fart noises, maybe. <laughs> Take it to the next level. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Soundboard. Three fat. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by the three fat. Okay. So uh, I, I swore to myself that I, uh, I would bring this back because this is a story that Richard doesn't know mm-hmm. uh, that I've heard once or twice. Okay. But I, I've literally like uh, badgered you to tell people. You know when you hear a story so good? that you are at parties and then you're like you remember the story while talking to strangers and they're like oh f- where's Joe? where the fuck is Julie? Joy, come here tell him the story tell him the story <laughs> and you're like and then Joe's like what, what story the fucking story and like he may not find this he clearly does not find this as entertaining as I do mm-hmm. but uh, so the the scenario is and please correct me if I'm okay. wrong mm-hmm. you start doing this as a paid gig okay Maybe just before, but the fact even, is, you've got traction. I don't know where this is going. Right. I'm, I, I fear. Welcome I'm to afraid. Fire in the Hole. Welcome this is how it usually goes. This is how it starts. Yeah. yeah. Just ride the wave, man. Ride the wave. In fact, there's three ways to ride the wave. <laughs> three, a three wave. Not one. Not, not two. Not two, but three. But three. Okay. So you start to get some attention. You start having fans. You have start people commenting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You start to get press kits. Oh, oh. Because you're playing hip-hop, Yeah, right? that's right. And you start to get, suddenly, uh, mail yeah. with, because you're playing music, you mix obviously... Mixtapes. Mixtapes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They were actually tapes. Well, so you're getting mixtapes mm-hmm. from up-and-coming artists. Oh, man. Right? You know where this is going now, I right? I know, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to... I mean, I can't even... I mean, you, I'm going to just shut up now and then let you tell the story because you know which okay. mixtape or which uh, portfolio I I'm, ta- I I'm thinking it of. It was okay. So I mean, I watched Apple trailers last night, and somehow when I, while I was watching Apple trailers, yeah. I, I don't know how like 50% of these Apple trailers they should not have been on the Apple website. Like they were they were trailers that were just so bad. Okay. Like the and movies like, look like they're gonna suck. Yeah, or? no, no, just terrible. Like the acting is terrible. Okay. The you know they have they have Mario Van Peebles in them. Like that. Kind of, <laughs> you know what Peebles, I mean? Like who yeah. is that? Right. I don't even. Right. It's a guy. Right. And he's not in good movies. Okay. So, uh, and, and and I we're, we're looking like me and Helen are watching this. My girlfriend on 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 the phone, and we're like, how can maybe we're on a fake website? Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense that these trailers are on this site. Like how can they be this bad? So. That's so. Why am I saying? I guess it, it create. They were trying to create sense of like stories or something. They just wasn't working. So I got I got a press kit, and by press right. kit, it so really means go. like this is the story, the press kit. Yeah, uh, I, I I got a lot. Of, you know, I still get emails now. Still, still, because I it's impossible to unsubscribe to them. And they with like MP3s or like check out my shit. Uh, just like a picture of like a half naked girl with mm-hmm. like press release underneath. And the naked girl has nothing to do with the actual song. In okay. Any way. That's not her. It's just the album cover. Yeah, that's or... just a picture. Uh-huh. It's just there. <laughs> They're like, check out my my hot new single. Check out my hot new single. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. Okay. okay. So this yeah, one particular, but this one, this one is literally like cardboard cutouts. This is the, okay. So you you you're going through your mail. Yeah, and I received like a you know Manila envelope, like the kind that you find. Uh, what, what's the what's the arsenic? What's the thing you find inside there? Uh, the well, the white powder. 
Oh, the uh, asbestos? Uh, anthrax. 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 Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like it has anthrax. Though. Like an orange okay. manila envelope. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It would like, you know, the twist tie. Right. The, the Dick Tracy would open. Yeah, Dick Tracy you know? envelope, yes. Yeah. Is there a, like a wax seal on it? <laughs> <laughs> With a coat of arms. <laughs> and I open it and it's literally this, oh my God, this is so just, embarrassing just, to talk just about. Just say it straight because that's how the, you said it to me. Uh, and and the, <laughs> the... Don't it's judge, a, don't a, judge. It's, a, it's about an artist... Yes. Called, if, do I remember this correctly? Called Tea Trash. Tea Trash. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, tea trash. I, I, did you actually see it? You saw it. I never saw it. But when I finally asked you to show it to me, you told me that I you had thrown it, it out and yeah. I died a little bit that day. Yeah. So, it was all blue and black mm-hmm. with like red eyes. You know, like Batman eyes? Well, we're Where, talking about a, a drawing now? What's like drawings? I Wait. First of all, are these yeah. a, a bunch of loose leaf papers? Uh, is it's, this? It's uh, it's like a. It, I, I remember it being genuinely like cardboard cutouts, like the kind that you would get in kindergarten, and with like a non sharp pair of scissors, you would cut out yourself. Like that's the texture. Oh, like, that it oh had. okay, like a uh, like the stuff you would use in arts and crafts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so I a was, bunch of cardboard. I was like, I cannot believe this, and it told the story of this like almost teenage mutant ninja turtle like character. Okay, wait. So T Trash. T Trash is the artist, quote unquote. That's the artist. And he's sending you his demo. His demo. Okay. But he's telling me the story at the same time of how T Trash was created. Because this is his bio. This is his bio. And he was like left in, in, in a in an alley as a child. Right. And <laughs> and uh, and he gets power from the dirt or like some you know what I mean? It's tea trash. I'm, I'm yeah. picturing like a pop-up book kind of stuff. It was I it was it was incredible. But when I say Batman eyes, I mean you know you know when he has eyes and he's, they're just little slits. The glow eyes? Yeah. Like in Batman versus Superman when you see him looking up. Right. And then they're know, glowing. Zoom, and it's yeah. glowing but those are like little red so eyes. So wait, so they were drawings possibly well, himself it, it, drawing it was, himself? It must have been him drawing himself. It couldn't have been a cardboard cutout. Okay. But it really it was like so this guy I wasn't just like this. this is Joel Smith's, Smith's and yeah, yeah. Uh, I come from you know Compton or whatever. No, I mean, this guy was like and now treat here here is T Trash. The story, the story of, of T Trash, the creation myth of T Trash and how he came to be. So he was left and how this mixtape got to you, right? Yeah, and like I seem to recall you telling me this is like the reason I'm not laughing hysterically now is because I I've been laughing about this for about ten years, <laughs> so I can contain it now. Yeah. So, but they would be. I mean, there's hundreds of these, right? Like right. all kinds of them. And what happens is, is they put you in a book, and your email address just goes in a book, and that book goes into Barnes and Nobles, and and chapters and everywhere else. Right. And it's a giant Bible. Like it's the it's the the thickness. You know, it's like the as thick book. as your phone. Yeah. As your phone book. Yeah. And uh, and it's like the artist. New Artist Promotion Manual 2015 Edition. And it's like, maybe they have hip-hop podcasts as a category now. Oh, like the, these are the people you need to hit up to promote yeah, your, your yeah. new Yeah, and thing. so I'm on all of those lists. Oh, God. So it never ends. <laughs> like, I still get mail, and I still get email, and I still get, I mean, it just, it's just, but this is, this, that's the legendary one, wow. T-Trash. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so it's amazing. Like, it's so just, there was of people to spam in case you want to be popular. In case you want to be popular, right. <laughs> spam these guys. One of them will play. <laughs> one of play. One of them will discover you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, 
What I don't recall is, was there a tape in there? Oh, my God. See, that's the part that I wish I remembered because there must have been a CD in it. There had to but be. But at the time, I was looking at it like, like the, I don't know, like, like the, you just, you just look at it and you're like, I can't possibly listen to this. Like, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. It's, it's not going to get better from here. Do, do you, you know? Do you understand now? Like, you know, on Facebook when you're scrolling, yeah, and there's like a picture of a puppy and he's injured. Yes, and it says like plus nine pictures. Oh, there's a video. Oh, yeah, video, yeah. Right. And you're just like, I'm, I'm I, not clicking I can't do it. on this. I can't. <laughs> I see. There's two reasons I wanted to bring up the tea trash story. First, because it's entertaining as hell. Um, but secondly, because I want you here alive or mm-hmm. not so live on this recording. <laughs> To acknowledge the crime that you committed <laughs> by throwing out by the, throwing that I know, out. I know, I regret it. Right, right I now, yeah. I could be playing a sample of tea trash. Oh, tea trash. Let's go. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. could be the next big thing. It could be the next viral thing because <laughs> I feel like someone who went to the trouble of writing a bio that insane. It was. It was like twenty pages long. I remember, like you were telling me what the bio was, and it sounded a little bit like he had taken bits of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, right? With oh, like yeah, uh, yeah. his his mm-hmm. mother was was that's right. Gang- Raped by like, prisoners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it did have that. And then he yeah. he was irradiated by ooze or <laughs> something. Yeah. So it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Secret of the Ooze Part Two. Yeah. Meets uh, Rwanda. Meets like just really bad. Just a crazy, cra- like you yeah. basically got the the files of what we see in movies as the writings of like the serial killer. You know when they when they're trying to yeah do profile. No, no, it's like a thirteen year old writing about what they think a serial killer. Bio is also oh, yeah. So uh, you know, ICP basically, like in no, yeah, like in Saint Cloud, yeah, exactly. Saint Cloud Posse, yeah, exactly, like in Saint Cloud Posse, right? That's what it felt like. And you had this, yeah. Anyway, so it was it was a great time in my life. Wow. So you know, Richard, um, there's a, there's a again a, a third dimension to this, and that's that I'm preparing you. I'm trying <laughs> to prepare us, or I think maybe it's just wishful thinking. I hope that this show gets big enough. That the tree tea trashes of the world, mm. uh, you know, start sending us their their stuff. Tea trash, I, if you're listening, <laughs> send us some stuff. Tea trash. I just mm. I just found a tea trash MySpace account. There. Oh my god! Oh my god! Please tell me that's Wait, him. Hold on, hold on. Okay, we'll add the link if okay. like we'll do the yeah, research. Yeah, we're gonna add it. If <laughs> that's Hopefully it doesn't. It, oh my god! It really is tea trash. Is that the is that the tea trash? It says Redford, Minnesota. Does that Michigan? Sound? Michigan. 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 Michigan? Yeah. Does that sound at all? Does that ring a bell? I mean, I can't even... Okay, well, listen, we'll do the research on the back end. Yeah, we're going to we, find out about if, this. If you have found tea trash, Richard, then our already considerable friendship... <laughs> oh, I guess it must be... It's funny because it says tea trash, up. but if you think about it, maybe it's short for trailer trash. Oh. I've yeah. never thought about that trailer before. Trailer trash. Okay. Well, again, that just takes it to a whole other level. Yeah, exactly. There's so much that's going on right now. So I'm putting out a call right now. I'm instituting this as a new, a new thing in Fire in a Hole because we can do that. <laughs> we can just you can just add things. You can just add things and remove them. New segment right now uh, for anyone that's into the show and loves it and does music, uh, poetry, uh, uh, has you know any kind of entertainment uh, sort of endeavors, mm-hmm. and wants to be discovered. Uh, Send it to us, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll find a way. We'll put up an email address. I, no joke, no cynicism, no sarcasm. No. I, we will do everything in our power if you are good enough and you, <laughs> if you are out there enough 
to promote the living shit out of your product. There you go. T-Trash, if you're out there, I want to make you a star. <laughs> we can give out the Gmail if you want. Yeah, so we'll do it, man. What is it? It's fire in the hole podcast at Gmail. Fire in the yeah. hole okay, there you go. podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Gmail. Send us your demos. Send us your dark poetry. Send us your <laughs> your your innermost uh, thoughts. Dark thoughts. Your, send us your tea trash. Send us your tea trash. <laughs> and I, I, I'm pledging to you right now, and as much as I'm being a bit snarky here, I will not make fun of it. We will not. Yeah. The the mo the wilder it is, the more the more uh, juice I will I will personally put behind it, and and I just I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. I, we will be your agents to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So podcasts leads to books. How does that happen? Uh. Oh, uh, it's just the way uh, there was this sense of, okay, because what happened is, is that everyone started going to podcast events, right? Because right. we were all really lonely about podcasting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, we are still going to events and uh, they all at the same time, every single person was going to events and, and, and podcasting was like becoming kind of a small thing. And right in that instant, uh, kind of Facebook and Twitter were coming out. Okay. And uh, and we were all talking about it. We were all talking about whatever the internet was becoming, which we didn't really know, understand anything about it then. But there was this thing that was kind of like, oh, it's like social media is becoming a thing, right. which was really not obvious around 2006. Definitely nobody yeah. knew what the hell was going on. And so uh, me and a bunch of other people that are all talking about podcasting at these events called PodCamps also start talking about social media and Twitter and how these things work and no, 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 no. And it's really not obvious at that time that this is going to become a global obvious phenomenon and going to encompass the whole fucking earth. Right. So um, it becomes it's becoming a thing and a bunch of writers, excuse me, a bunch of uh, publishers start going, uh, we, we should get books about this. Like they're going to sell. Right. Right. And this is like publishing industry at this point is starting to feel the Yeah, yeah. The, the publishing industry is blowing because Amazon is, is eating it alive. And there is this, and blogs are huge. At this and point. There's, right, right. <clears throat> and people are thinking, man, dude, if you, if you have a blog, giant blog audience, and you publish a book, like you're just going to sell all those blog readers in your book. Yeah. So me and another guy who both have pretty popular blogs at the time, me because of podcasting, him because of blogging, uh, just start putting out eBooks for no reason. And then one of those eBooks. This is Chris Brogan? Chris Brogan. Okay. And then one of those eBooks gets turned into a book. It almost gets rejected and like completely forgotten in the archives. And then we randomly send an email like six months later, like, hey, did you ever receive the book? And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to make this into a book. Okay. And wow, so they, it almost got forgotten. It was literally almost, I should, I should go back and find out. So then it got forgotten, it almost got forgotten, but then it turned out to be the first, what was kind of the first social media marketing book ever to exist. And uh, it was published and it became an instant New York Times bestseller. Uh, and, and so then I had a writing career. So it was a complete fluke. So almost overnight. Yeah, kind of overnight. Well, I mean, like I was doing a lot of free shit in between, but basically overnight, yeah. And, okay, did the, the speaking gigs start speaking before gigs that? Speaking gigs happen. As soon as, as soon as you're a writer, people are like, we have to get that guy. It, it makes no sense. Nothing changes between, like, you writing a book or not writing a book. But uh, as soon as you write one, people fly you places. And they like, we need that guy to talk at this thing. Mm-hmm. And then you do. And so you, I ended up with a speaking and writing career. 
just like just I mean, like it that. sounds stupid to say it in such a, a simple way. But sure, but I mean, like that's how you mm-hmm. that's how you see it, right? That's how you do things. Interesting. Yeah, it just happened kind of because you're in the right place at the right time. Did you know that this book thing, the way that you saw the podcast, sort of be um, <clears throat> sort of like okay, I got to get on the, get in on this right now, mm-hmm. uh, six months ahead of time. Did you see because that book stuff? Right, the internet book stuff, mm-hmm. it it blew up. It really blew up. Yeah, you remember like every stupid blog had a book yeah. that came with it. And now all of those books became New York Times bestsellers all right away. Yeah. Right. So so did you see that coming as or, or I didn't really see it coming and I don't really see those things deliberately coming on purpose. I just happen to be six months ahead of time and it's a part of my character. Okay. Like I just do it. I'm like, Oh, here's a new thing, it's interesting. I feel like this could be something. Let's do it. Okay. And then I do it, and then it turns out to be a huge thing. Hmm. Not because of me, just I happen to see it right before. Okay. Yeah. And uh-huh. I just, I've, I've done that enough times that that's, that's basically everything that I've ever, every success I've ever gotten. As I, a I wonder, like, is that, you know, um, is that a thing that, you know, like, when we play If I Had a Million Dollars? Or actually in 2016, If I Had $10 Million? Because right. a million, yeah, ain't a shit million doesn't mean anything anymore. Right? But uh, I wonder, does... Everyone that talks and thinks at some point has thought, man, I could really write a book mm-hmm. with all this stuff. I don't know, Richard, has that ever occurred to you? Like, have you ever wanted to pour your knowledge into a... Into Not a really. I, it, it occurred to me in passing, but I, I don't know if I really have enough to say to fill a whole book. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, like, conversationally, I think I can come up with some stuff, but mm-hmm. sitting there and actually trying to just write down... Mm. In right, a vacuum like that. I don't. I don't know. I think well, it'd be I mean, difficult. Again, I know you, and I know you. You, you are a absolute treasure chest of knowledge. Right. It's just that I don't think you maybe value it in the sense that you don't think that people might like be excited about. It. But you, I mean, you. You've had a career as you've basically been managing since you could grow a beard, right? Like, <laughs> which, which, just to be clear, was the age of six, right? So I was born. born you were born with a beard. Yeah. Um, so. And management is what is management? It's it's people, man. It's it's fielding yeah, people, fielding psychologies, fielding personalities, fielding. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it just comes down to people skills, getting right. people's buy-in, getting people on your team, right? But that's 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 stuff that you know, it's like scientists are still trying to crack, right? Mm. And uh, you've been on the front lines for a long time. Like, whenever I'm with Richard, sometimes mm. we'll have a beer somewhere. There are employees from. 15 years ago that mm. worked for him for six months mm. worked under him at some company and what if they whatever they're doing the second they see him they're like their their eyes just grow really wide and then like if they're on a motorcycle they'll jump off <laughs> like, if they're in a cab they'll just roll out like jump like mm. roll 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 and then get up and just like they run at him like they never forgot mm. what a what a good Leader and what a, what a like comforting. Unfortunately, many of these people are <laughs> we're, we're we're fucking crazy. Yeah, and you're well, the only one that listened to them, right? Well, I mean, well, uh, yeah, reason. like you're the crazy cat herder or something. It works. Yeah, that's a bit of yeah. uh, sheep, <laughs> sheepdog. Uh, it's, I don't think it's. <laughs> I think it's like that, that. You just you just uh, you project this calm and this like it's going to be okay. We're going to work this out. I'm a that's bit of the crazy whisperer. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, like it happens, and I, I I've told you about this a lot. Like you'll have somebody walking down the street, and he's just like fidgeting, and he's like, 
<laughs> like doing something like really gone. weird, just yeah. completely out of it. And then we'll 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 pass by each other, and then all of a sudden, like he looks at me, he'll give me like a little head nod, like "What's up?" <laughs> he'll then, he'll break character. He'll for break just character. A he'll be cool for a second and be like, "Yeah, what's up?" <laughs> and then <laughs> and keep then, going. And then he'll, then two feet further, he's like, "Bah, bah, bah!" He's like, "It was a rabbit." <laughs> More than seven. More than seven. <laughs> so he's like drooling on people and like terrorizing them. I don't know if I just calm them down or if they just recognize uh, me as one of them. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think the, the, the crazy whisper is definitely the, 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 the actual terminology for it. Yeah. We all draw different types of people to us, right? I don't know. Do, do you draw any, Julian? Do you any, do uh, any, any more than like one type more than any other? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, let me put it to you this way then. Mm-hmm. So once you started doing these speaking gigs, yeah, clearly you start meeting like your book changed my life. Oh yeah, yeah I do. I have met those people. Right. Like yeah. I was mm-hmm. in a in a in a in a dark place in your lyrics. Yes, I got one of those emails today. Today. Yeah, I did. Okay. What was yeah. it exactly? It's a high school kid who said, uh, "I have been reading your blog posts, uh, one blog post, uh, every day or every week or something, for." years wow yeah and uh yeah so yeah those uh, you did get, that freak you out not anymore that initially yeah no you get your yeah uh because they're on the internet so right. they're, they're probably far away so it doesn't really Hopefully. it's not alarming you know you think so they're watching us right now <laughs> <laughs> they're listening to the show right now yeah. he's talking about me yes so yeah. people have asked me about that for like aren't you nervous about starting a podcast because People yeah. will get to know mm-hmm. you a lot more than you know them. Yeah, it's a bit and, compromising, you know, isn't it? It's like weird intimacy mm-hmm. yeah. thing. How do you can, feel about it? I feel okay about it. I mean, as, as long as I don't say anything that makes me seem really <laughs> foolish, I suppose. <laughs> because it's on the internet forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, as soon It'll as you fine. hit that, that upload button, it's I, there forever. It's, it's, right? it's I gotta, never coming down. i got to be perfectly <clears throat> honest. It, it is a little weird for me. Uh, not weird enough to, um, again, because I'm very sociable, very social oriented person, a, to be a good social type, you have to listen to and, and pick up on cues and see what people are saying and how they're reacting and then switch your gears towards a communication that's going to get them. It's going to get them on board with you and listen to you and interact mm-hmm. with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the fact is that um, like I found out my nephew, uh, Anthony, if you're listening, love you, bro. Uh, my, my oldest nephew, who's, uh, he's over 18 now. Mm-hmm. My, my, uh, half brother had them very young. <clears throat> uh, he's, he's totally liked it and he's on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then eventually at some point, our moms are going to find this if they haven't already. And then, uh, the weird, f- uh, Facebook miasma, like, like weird, mosaic of people from different aspects of your life mm-hmm. from the professional wherever you forget that uh you get online and now all of a sudden uh you're projecting to the people you want to reach mm-hmm. but suddenly your boss comes up to you that's right right mm-hmm. or um yep the person who's known you for 25 wait, years wait for this one okay so how's your girlfriend is she still sick oh no and it's like like a stranger who are you how do we uh, this happened at a at a, like a, an event. I, mean, I think it's happened to me probably I don't know at least twenty five fifty times. Yeah. Okay, probably. you're doing a uh, like a speaking engagement or you're signing or books or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and yeah. someone goes, "Is your girlfriend doing better?" How's your girlfriend? 
Is she good? She still have that club foot? Whatever. Something really specific. That you were just you were just jamming when you talked about it. You're just it, right? jamming. You don't even remember that you said it. And then this person now And they know. So with success, do people immediately but become even if it's like five a, listeners, like you'll still have that. But is it right? just yeah. you yeah. become like a you become like there's a you become a fiction, a fictional character a uh, bit? Well, I mean, you can't help, but you're, you're on the other side. This is super intimate, eh? Like, like people we're put this now? right in their ears, which yeah. is like, it's, it's very rarely do you have people talking right into your ears, you know? Yeah. Okay. And usually they're whispering it. And I'm wagging my tongue right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the three faps. <laughs> one of the three, one of the three faps. The <laughs> Two fap, one fap. Okay, so yeah, you're right. No, but you're absolutely right. This is, in fact, uh, we're thinking this is a public brought, but you're in fact. This is not. We're yeah. writing, we're in your head. This is not, that's right. It's not people listening. It used to be people that may be listening on, uh, in their car. Mm-hmm. But now it's literally like, I'm putting this like right in my brain. Like right. right in my ear, mm. and I'm listening to it That's privately, <sighs> right? Yeah, well, I've had it happen to me a few times. Where uh, I don't remember who it was. Oh, Jimmy Carr. I went to I went to see a Jimmy Carr show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, at just for laughs, and I'm, I'm waiting there to get into the show, and then Jimmy Carr like walks by, and I just instinct- instinctively go like, "Hey, what's up?" Because mm-hmm. I thought like I knew like I you're know, like I know that guy. I know him. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I don't know him, and yeah. he doesn't know me. I just listen to a bunch of his stuff and I feel like I have a relationship yeah. mm-hmm. the same way as I see like Ari Shafir or Joe Rogan or whatever and I because I listen to their stuff all the time yeah. like I feel like I have this right. relationship mm-hmm. they talk about it a bunch of times too on the, on I, the I love that you segued into that because like we're going to start talking about the three four celebrities we run into and then Julian is just going to drop like a napalm bomb on our heads uh, when he tells <laughs> us like every week he probably runs no. into people who are, who are, who are fairly significant so. for business like who? You you must have met, um, like uh, I don't know, uh, Elon Musk. Oh no, I've never met Elon Musk. You've been like, in the same room. Uh, maybe it's possible. There we go. Yeah, so yeah. Tony Stark. You've been in the in the same That's room as Tony person. Stark. Yeah. Oh yeah. You mean the, yeah? Elon <laughs> Musk is Tony Stark. <laughs> You're yes. aware he's not real. Elon, Elon Musk? No, no, he's real. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, yeah, no, but I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, um, and I had a, I ran into a celebrity when I was fairly young and impressionable. Mm-hmm. I forget, strangely enough, I forget who it was, but it was like a, a music personality or whatever. I think it was a band I went to see, and they went to sign autographs outside the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the hall before the show. And it was the first time I saw a essentially physical manifestation of someone who I was only aware of in a fiction right. type way. Like you saw him on an album cover. Album cover. Mm. I heard him on interviews. I saw mm. him on TV. This, yeah. this person did not exist as That's the guy. Right. And there he was. And he was like four feet tall. Yeah. With lifts. Mm-hmm. And he had the whole gear on and I just shook his hand. And this is a hand I've looked at on pictures because mm-hmm. he has tattoos. Mm-hmm. That I knew very, I knew every inch of his tattoos and everything, and I just shook his hand. Which is creepy. Yeah, it's very strange. It's a bit of the same of that. How's your girlfriend? How's your girlfriend? <laughs> but I know every line of your tattoos. <laughs> it was creepy when he said that, right? Yeah. Like, it was weird. I know every line of you. The, you know what would be really creepy is he starts telling you, like, you know what you need to do with Helen? Because I feel I know her now. Yeah. You need to do this and this. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> he starts giving you relationship advice. He's like, I think you and Jessica really, you need to, you need to commune and you need mm-hmm. to 
what you need to do is I could I could help. <laughs> <laughs> they can always help. But so when I ran into that celebrity the first time, mm-hmm. I realized that this is like a metal. Of course, it's a singer. metal metal singer. Come on, <laughs> you know me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh No, it was it was worse than that. But <laughs> so you do remember? I I now remember. Okay, go ahead. It was a uh, uh, Cole Chamber. Oh. Who just recently reunited because there's a '90s revival now. All right, yeah. But it's a guy named Des Fafara, and uh, he's actually he's actually a fucking awesome dude. But anyway, the point is that at that point I realized how mental it was to go up to a celebrity and be like, "I love you, <laughs> I love you, I love you at what you've done, and I love you, and the clothes and the hair." And the eyes Everything. and the light and the music and the water, like, because that's the effect they have on you, right? Mm-hmm. Especially musicians, they, they connect with you in such an intimate way that sure. uh, I almost can't blame a person with few filters for going right for the cuckoo clock approach. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I, when my girlfriend broke up with me, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, oh, like, yeah. your first lay, right? Like, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. the album yeah. that was playing, and an album is special to me, but, and then, like, I can see how someone who's a little, a little bit fragile might want to jump on Ozzy Osbourne and be like, you were there for me, man. Mm-hmm. You were holding my hand when I... Yeah. There was three <laughs> things you did for me. <laughs> three. That was the second one. So, but at that moment, I made a concentrated decision right there. I said, from this day on, if I run into a celebrity, I am never going to creep them that way. Mm-hmm. And when instead I say to them, when I run into them, and I do run into them here and there, mm-hmm. is I'll ask to shake their hand, mm-hmm. I'll look them right in the eye, like a person, and I'll say, I love your work. Mm-hmm. And if you ever run into a celebrity or an important person... Hold on. Is this... You remember that time that... What, what's this... Who, who's the snake guy in the wrestling? Jake the Snake? It, maybe it was... It, I feel like it was not Jake the Snake. But Honky it was Tonk Man. Else. It was Honky Tonk Yes, man. where I lost my shit. You lost your shit. You, you literally ran out of a taxi. Yes. You ran. Yes. It was It was at that... In Chinatown at that Hilton. <laughs> at the base of... Holiday Inn. The hall, yeah. It's the holiday in Chinatown. Of because that's where they would put him. Of course they would put him yeah. there. But here's the thing. I want to be very specific. When I saw him, I lost my mind. Because yeah. it was the honky-tonk man. Yeah. You know, 80s idol. Mm-hmm. But by the time I made it to him, <laughs> also I've listened to him online. And I know he's a nasty, mm-hmm. vicious, uh, like curmudgeon type of guy. Mm-hmm. And I knew he would probably like clothesline me if I tried to, <laughs> to like hug him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I secured that shit by the time I was on the curb. And when I walked up mm. to him, do you know what happened? <laughs> no. So, okay, so we were leaving for a trip. That's, yeah, right? I think we were, yeah. You guys were kidnapping me for my birthday? Was that the one? That could be. No. We were Maybe. going somewhere. No, no, we blindfolded you to that time. Anyway, so I'm like, I need to get out of the car now. That's, mm. that's fucking honky-tonk, man. And he looks like shit, but <laughs> I want to say hi to him because he brought me a lot of joy as a child. Yeah. So I get out, I run across the street, and as I come up to him, I'm expecting to sort of catch him off guard with my whole like, sir, if I just may, um, I just, you've had, but before I can say anything to him, he's like a straight up Southerner, like, like mm-hmm. he's legit Southerner. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, he just looks up at me and he spits on the ground. And he's like, you my rod. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you my fucking rod? And he was like pissed. He was, he was in a huff. This is great. And it turns out he thought I was his chauffeur because mm. he was late. And he's like, are you the fucking guy that's supposed to take me to the show? I'm like, uh, no, I'm just some asshole. I just want to say hi. <laughs> he's like, and then what he, what I said sort of like, no, sir, I just, I just, I know who you are. And, um, um, I remember saying something like, um, I just wanted to, I just, I just, I just wanted to come over to say hi. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of like 
the frown kind of like released and he's like, oh, well, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dan, which is the best comment ever. Go ahead. Like, all right, I know what you're here for, kid. Let, let, let me have it. And I'm like, uh, may I say, sir? To be clear, to be, you were 30, to be, yeah, to be clear. Like yeah, 29, mm. but he's like 60 or something. Sure. He's almost 60. Mm. I was like, go ahead. And then I told him, uh, I love your work. And uh, I just, I think you're one of the greats. And, you know, it's just great to see you. And I shook his hand. He's like, all right, have a nice day. <laughs> and he said, bye. But since I'm telling you, like this, if I can give any advice to, to people when they run into celebrities, uh, including Julian. And us. And us, eventually. Mm-hmm. Is... Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't fucking touch me. Don't try to get the fuck Don't away. I have security ready to pounce on you and beat the living crap out of you. Don't, Don't mention my girlfriend. Don't look in my Don't look in my eyes. Don't tell me. But right. You can look in the eyes, just not that deeply. But try it. Seriously, the next time you run into someone you love and you happen to have that opportunity, it happened to me with uh, Michael uh, Fassbender uh, last year. Yeah. Or the day, year before when he was filming uh, the other X-Men movie. I walked into some high-end shishi poo-poo like um, grocery store that I would not normally go into, like mm-hmm. super fancy uh, takeout place. And there he was. Like I, I opened the door and there he was in his fucking cargo shorts and his t-shirt, probably mm-hmm. just coming to get some grub. And I just said, I put out my hand and I said, can I shake your hand? I was like, yeah, mate. He says mm-hmm. in his Irish accent. I, guess, I think he's Irish. Irish? Yeah, I think he's Irish. I wouldn't know. Nobody here knows. Irish, German. Um, And he just shook my hand and I'm like, I love your work, man. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, thanks. And like, I really had like an interaction with him. And Mm -hmm. I said, I love your work, Mm -hmm. which makes, I think, a difference. Mm -hmm. Instead of screaming. "Ah!" Or just saying like, everything you've ever done is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You are perfect. May I nibble on your ear? (laughs) (laughs) May I just, can I smell you? I just want to smell you. Just once. I'll never wash his hand. Like, all this stuff is made fun of, but it's mm. kind of fucked up to say that to an individual, no matter how mm. used to celebrity they are. Mm. So how's your girlfriend? You, you, you got a whole bunch of that. Uh, yeah, but you, I think you, uh, it must be, you get really, really good at, uh, well, like one thing that I've, and I haven't, this doesn't happen to me very much, just to be clear. Yeah. Uh, but it does happen. So what you get very good at, for example, is you never say, Oh, nice to meet you. Like you would never say that because it's possible they've met you before. In your line of work, you mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't know. Because you just see so many people. Because you see too many people. Right. So you would always say, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh. You would, you, so, and, and, and I think I know a lot of people that do this is like you train yourself specifically to not say some offensive thing. Sure. Because if they, if you met them, if, they feel you met, they made you a connection. You met Michael Fassbender before, right, right. and he goes, "Hey, nice to meet you." And you go, "What?" But we've met. We remember you I were in we the had grocery a store. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't know. So know? that's that's actually very important. So yeah, that's actually a really nice nuance there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you just say, "Nice to see you." Nice. How's it going? How's it going? Good how to see you, you. How you been? Some generic. Well, just not nice to meet you or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Nothing that specifies whether you've met before. <laughs> There's a bunch yeah. of little tricks like that. That's yeah. that's a good one. Well, again, I Richard. I kind of do that already. <laughs> Richard. You do that at parties. <laughs> yeah. Because I do <laughs> forget people. Parties. Yeah. Hey. This is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, Richard and I met um, uh, working. We became work friends before we became actual friends. Mm-hmm. So we got to see each other in the worst possible means like short of us uh jumping into the same ditch during like a shelling in a war somewhere Mm -hmm. 
we met in a place where people are anything but themselves. Right. They're just trying to get through the day and get their paycheck. Right. And we admired each other. At least I think I admired him, but there was not much about me to admire at that stage of my life because few fucks were given uh, by this man at this stage mm -hmm. of his life. But the point is that I remember you, and this is very similar to fielding fans. I remember how expertly you fielded the crazies as a manager. And I would see other managers immediately get like their circuits overloaded, right? Because some crazy would like show up, some employee would show up late again. And it was that one person that always made up excuses about like, my house blew up and it burned down. And there was always some tragedy. Uh -huh. And they would just come like right at the manager and the manager would like duck and like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. Just get to your station. Like they'd get off the hook by pulling the crazy card. And I would see you wrangle these fuckers. Like like one of those 19th century guys with the chair and the whip, right? Like he would he would literally like he would just they would enter into his aura and they would just like I mean I mean I'm fictionalizing it a little bit but mm -hmm. you had like a whisperer like like a crocodile yeah. Dundee thing yeah with the, just dogs. <laughs> with the fingers right like he would just like in a minute they would come in and they would see Richard and then suddenly all of their like hysteria would just like be like he understands me or they would just realize that it's not happening like this is going to be of no use mm -hmm. and they would just like their shoulders would drop and mm -hmm. they would just like sit in the chair like little beaten puppies and they would look at Richard and be like help they, they, there's a skill like this that I read in a book once called fogging 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 okay so a fog it's not like a wall you throw a tennis ball at it it doesn't bounce right it just it just absorbs everything right okay so there is this it's like there's some people for some reason they're really good at uh-huh okay mm -hmm. but they're never like no that's not true we're never like you're wrong about that they're always just absorbing and it's just it just all the negative emotion just like passes right through them right and it never they never like like i would turn immediately hostile i, I just i don't have the patience right or something i, I think was it Whereas you have infinite patience it could be it could be that have we yeah. discovered the nature of your power Maybe. at last yeah we've, talking yeah we've mm -hmm. categorized it because i i've seen some like i wasn't even in your shoes right i was like in a in a verif like verifier position like and we're in a sales environment mm -hmm. And I, my job was to verify sales and to make sure. Oh, to make sure they were legit sales. Yeah, which they weren't for the most part. But um, you, you pulled them out of the fire. Sometimes. Fire in a hole. Um, <laughs> fire in a hole. But I would sit near his desk and I would watch these like mad men and mad women come at him. And he just like, he would, you know, like in those martial arts videos where you like, The guy comes at you with this, like the haymaker and the other guy just sidesteps and puts two fingers to the person's neck and they just slide like, like a cheetah on an animal planet video when it gets, <laughs> it gets like tased or whatever, like tranquilized. Yep. He, he would just like take them down from crazy level 10 to a like, help me, Richard. And I'd sit there and go like, I would kill this person if they came at me. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I would immediately like security, like out. And he would just talk these fucking people down. And by the time we were done... They just like they just go back to their little like their their station and get back to work and then like I guess some of them even look to you for that kind of appeasement. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what the secret is? What? Okay, go. The secret is just <clears throat> listening to people. You know okay. how nobody listens ever, ever. Right. Everyone is just broadcasting. Yeah. Everyone's just talking. Blah blah blah. Especially me. 
No, I mean, you, you actually do listen, but there's a lot of people who just wait for their opportunity to talk, and they're not listening. I, I think we spoke about it a little bit before mm-hmm. in a previous podcast, but they're just waiting for that split second of silence in order to talk. And But what everyone is, is searching for is somebody to give a shit, somebody to actually listen to what they're talking this about. This person listen. Oh, and that's why, oh, I understand. That. Were you actually, like, were you able to, like, did you actually, like, empathize with, with some of these people, or were you just... As much as I could, yeah, but I just, uh, the fact of, of just being heard, I think, is incredibly powerful. Right. And there's a lot of people who are, you know, bouncing around, they don't realize what power there is to actually actually listening to people. Yeah. Because everyone's just broadcasting but there's, there's nobody receiving. So if you can if you can receive mm-hmm. and, and and listen for 2 minutes, that's all the person needs. It's almost magic. It just it diffuses the whole thing. It is magic to that person because they don't know what just happened. And so But that's I mean, how you that's how you diffuse that situation. Some of these people uh, potentially are are that extreme because no one ever fucking listened to them ever. Yeah. Right? They just dismissed. Mm-hmm. And it just made them more extreme and more extreme. And then, like, like I look at it, like, with kids, right? The way they get more and more violent and crazy, they'll, if, if they don't get the attention, they're willing to burn the house down. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed, uh, I, it, I, I didn't really understand it myself for a really long time. And I would go into, into meetings, and there'd be, like, 10 people sitting around the, the conference room. Mm-hmm. Or you're at a party. And people are looking, people are all trying to say something to the group, but they're all looking for someone to listen to them. So I would find myself sitting at this, at this table with 10 other people and they're all looking at me and I'm, whoever I looked at was the one who got the the talking stick. Oh, because you were listening. And I didn't realize what it was. I was like, is this some kind of weird superpower that I have? No, it's just that I'm not. I'm not broadcasting. Right. I'm not trying to throw my towel into the ring. I'm actually listening to what. So, so you become dad to all these people immediately. I guess so. That's one way of putting it. But you have nine people trying to be heard and one person who's actually listening mm-hmm. that the listener ends up directing the conversation. I feel like in a, a sci-fi movie where somebody crash lands on a planet, <laughs> this is like a role in society of the green-skinned people. It's like we have to go see the listener. <laughs> oh, like when you get assigned a role because of the no, no, no. You know, like the oracle. It's oh. like the oracle. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's a person. He lives in a pyramid. Right. You know. But it's not because I know any better or anything. It's just that I'm just a human, like talking stick. You know, well, you... exercises where people pass around the stick, and mm-hmm. the only person holding the stick can talk. I feel you that you, to a certain extent, you do know better, but that's because, again, you, because you've listened, right? I mean, in some I wouldn't, cases, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't not every case. That, I wouldn't make that statement. But I, I certainly, like, that's got to, the reason these people become oracles is because wisdom builds as you ah. actually fucking collect the info. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but that, I think that might be a separate thing. Okay. All right. So, so you start doing your speaking gigs, Julian, mm-hmm. and people start asking you how your girlfriend's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Takes time, but it happens. Uh, first time you sign a book. Weird, uh, weird. Oh yeah, that's true. I start carrying a black pen around with me uh-huh. uh, because people ask me to sign books randomly. I think I might still have it on my bag. Did you have? Okay, very. This yeah. is something you know how some people never memorize right and left. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. I no matter how many times I've been asked to, and I'm mm-hmm. thirty. I'm going to be thirty-seven Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have yet to be able to master a standard signature autograph. Is that true? It won't stick. What do you mean? They keep trying it and it never reach. looks the same. But that's the I trick. I can't get it down. No, I think that's the trick is you just have to sign. Nobody actually ever looks at it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I just got to go. Yeah, you just got to squiggle. Like okay. you, you know the square uh, when you when you pay with a square reader? You ever done that before? Yeah. It's like a big ass iPad and yeah. you just use your finger. Like you could just practice right on that. It doesn't even matter. Nobody's looking at that signature. There's no reason for it to be there. Okay. But did you, at the, at the point where they first asked you like, oh, can you sign my book? Mm-hmm. Did you actually have a... A, a celebrity type signature to go. It's not a you. So Brogan has one. It's really good. It looks really good. That signature. You yeah. practice it so many times. You could tell. Okay. But more importantly, is the thing that you write above or below the signature. Ah, okay. okay. So like, so it would go like. Uh, have we ever talked about this before? I don't think so. Okay. So hopefully it's interesting. You wrote one of, one of these to me, but go. I might have, yeah. yeah. But it's because uh, you you have to write something. Like a dedication. A dedicate, right. It's called a dedication. Uh, and you have to say, uh, first of all, you have to remember the person's name, which is really, for me, really hard. Uh, and if you spell it wrong. God help you. God help you. It's in that book. Right. Forever. And then they remember forever. That you misremember consistently. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of permanence to it. Uh, so you'd be like, Oh, cool. And, it, and the person would come up and like, oh, hey, what's your name? Shake their hand. Kylie. 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 God cool. Damn it. With a KY. We hopefully don't say KY, but you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's three uh, ways of spelling that. Yeah. Dude, and, it, and it's America. <laughs> right. You know, so who right. knows? So it could be oh, yeah, K. It could be K dash yeah. uh, Y mm-hmm. L. Yeah. It's K A Y L E E. Yeah. Not K Y L I E or some yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, so you really you have to ask and then they'll be like oh great where are you from but and and Brogan is so good at doing this and I was so bad Uh, and he would be like oh that's great Delaware I incorporated my company there that's awesome you'd have a little anecdote you get a lot of guys and da da and then so while while he's doing this this is really hard guys like I'm serious maybe it sounds dumb to you guys but it's really hard and he'd be like awesome anyway and he, now he'd write some fucking clever thing about Delaware in there because that's the only thing that he knows. Right. Like about keep that swinging team, name of team of that of that. Place. Yeah, yeah, some random American thing right. that he knows. And then the next one, they'd be like, "Oh, hey, that's a cool T-shirt. You know, that's my favorite color, pink." And he'd like keep it pink. Yeah. Uh-huh. And over and and you do this a hundred times. Yeah. And it's it's really really. And he meant like clearly, clearly he meant it, but he just he was good at it. Uh, yeah, and you know how Bill Clinton, they say about Bill Clinton that he got, became president because when he shook hands with you, you felt like you were only, the only person Yeah, he in the can room. do that, can he? Yeah. You so, know, I've known people like this. Y- do you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's like that listening thing, maybe. They just right? like, like, it's just like, wow, you this feel like you cares. You're the only one that exists to them at that moment, and yeah. when they move on, it's crushing. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's crushing. It must be very on. powerful, yeah. And they'll they'll stay with you just a little bit because they want to know everything about you, and then they'll move on, and you're like, oh, no. It's over. That son of a bitch. There's nobody. So, uh, so that that personalization is incredibly, incredibly. And there are guys that are professional speakers now that are. They just do the same talk like every single time, but they're incredibly good at just connecting with people. Yeah. And uh, almost like stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like stand up or like. Uh, no, like those faith healers. Oh shit! You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know they're like praise Jesus. 
and they put their forehead, their hand on your the forehead, and you fall over. And all this. Oh man, yeah. that, I want to do a show just about televangelists, just televangelists, because that is some deep, 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 deep evil, evil shit. Okay, so you're signing autographs. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. You're starting to do pu- okay. So public speaking that mm. that had to be weird the first uh, couple of times. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the number one fear, right? I think after it is death. the number one fear. Yeah, I went to Toastmasters. Do you know Toastmasters? This is the club f- where you can it's a practice. Club where you practice public speaking. It's incredibly nerdy. Okay, but I remember it's, you telling me that you were on Toastmasters, and yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah, right. Whatever. Good luck with <laughs> that, buddy. Good luck. Being a real friend and supportive. Yeah. Um. Thank you for that. The, uh, the, but it's, uh, yeah, because it's the number one fear, and I was very bad at it, I had to learn to do it. Okay. And I eventually became good at it. And it, took, it took a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, a, it's true that it's a thing, because you're very bad, like this. Like, this is really natural, Yeah. maybe now or something, right? But when you first do a show, you're like, what am I going to talk about? Right. You're kind of awkward, but then eventually you just get into the vibe of it, mm-hmm. and you just start really riffing and it gets really strong yeah just because you're used to it yeah I mean uh, I, I, I was really despite the fact that I talk so much and with so many people this is a different kind of talking this is a different kind of talking and I was worried that I would maybe just like hit the hit a wall mm-hmm. with the with the cadence of the whole podcast thing um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who try to start podcasts and it just are there yeah, great. Yeah, they just quit. Great voices, well, they, well, they great just, recording sound, or everything. Or just anybody, and they, they start off, and they're like, okay, so uh, what are we going to talk about now? What do we do? There's all these yeah. like, weird breaks. But then I realized that my, what's almost eight years now of teaching. Oh, that's true. Private classes, mm-hmm. different group sizes. Yeah. I consistently have to keep it going with people that don't master the language. Yeah, and they don't, they don't, they don't want to be there half the time either. No, so this is even it's it's way harder. Well, I've made it my brand to make them excited, and like two mm-hmm. hours will just fly by and whatever. Because I, if I'm bored, I can't even teach. Right. That's my secret. Is mm-hmm. I keep it exciting because if I'm bored, then I'll, I'll forget it. I'll just I always, walk out. I always wanted to be a teacher when I was young, but it never panned out really whatever yeah definitely I came from a long line of teachers I was right right so my father and my his father professors and teachers interesting yeah okay is it fun or because I picture it like head of the class you know the sitcom Oh, right. It's all the, all the 80s, like, yeah. when you turn the chair around and you flip your hat backwards. This is the teacher, but this is the like teacher the that mattered. Time. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Mr. Witherton. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Holland's opus. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. He has cancer. He has cancer, but yeah. he's going to get them through that SAT. That's right. Before he dies. <laughs> because they get to live on. That's right. Through yeah. his music. I don't know. Yeah. They do an ethnic dance at the end where, they, where, where he puts on a hat and he dances with them. This is this this part is new to me, but I believe it. The, 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 Bill Burr was making fun of that. How, he's like, the one who really listens to them. He's the really only one that <laughs> That's ever. That's right. Oh, he's, nice. Oh. <laughs> Look at you, Richard. You you ninja. You ninja assassin from the shadows. That's like Come judo. Back. He used our powers against us. <laughs> he did. Uh, he used our momentum. But uh, no, teaching uh, is incredibly incredibly fulfilling for me mm. um, because I. Somebody once asked me, like, what, did, what, how, how did you put your method together? I'm like, well, I said jokingly, I kind of do the opposite of all the teachers I hated. Oh. Right? And I said it jokingly, but when I really thought about it, I realized that, yes. Okay, so what were those things? Uh, the ones that just talked at you. Mm-hmm. The ones that just essentially regurgitated their, their teacher's copy of their book. Mm-hmm. 
or the one that was just beating you over the head with his 10 or 12 years of education, right? His, his graduate, postgraduate thesis, and was just using that as a, like a, a baseball bat, mm-hmm. right? So all of these things, I was like, knowledge should be shared and enjoyed like a meal. Like, I don't know. I know this sounds all really sentimental stuff, but teaching, real teaching is fulfilling because you say something to someone else and then you put it to them another way and then you put it to them another way mm-hmm. and they go, you see that thing in their eye, they're like, oh shit, you mean like, yeah, yes. And they're like, fuck, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know how good that feels when someone teaches me it something. It feels very good. Isn't it amazing? That's, when like, that's like the thing. When someone gets life. through to you? Oh yeah. Right? With yeah. all the bullshit that's thrown at us constantly by media and all this stuff, once in a while you're like, oh, damn. So to be able to, to, to be on the giving end of that, I'm not saying like every class is an 80s, 80s movie about the guy going to help the, the you know, disenfranchised like hip hop class. To, <laughs> inner city kids. Yeah, inner city kid. Thing. Like it's not like that every time. Sometimes you're like, I bring all my joy and enthusiasm to the class and they're just like, they're just staring at me. Right. And they're like, I just have to be here because if I don't, if I don't speak English, I can't, I can't get a promotion. So uh, do your English. Make <laughs> the magic. Mm. Make the English, immigrant boy. Yeah. <laughs> right? You had to learn it. So oh. wait, that Coolio, uh, Gangster's Paradise. I was it's not just... This guy is played by Matt Damon. Right, of course. Yeah. When I get bored, though, I totally... I, I have to restrain the, the mischief in me because mm-hmm. I want to start breaking into like a song or... <laughs> Prison Mike, remember from The Office? Like, <laughs> Prison Mike, like Prison let me Mike. let me let me talk to you or whatever. I just want to fuck around when people aren't not paying attention because mm-hmm. that's what I'm. Okay, Maybe, I mean, they're, but they're they're adults. At least they're not kids, right? Yeah, but they behave like children. Okay. I I realize the only real difference between adulthood and childhood is that you run out of excuses for doing stupid shit. You you are accountable for certain things. And you have certain responsibilities. But when it comes down to just sitting people in a room, they kind of are kids again. Mm-hmm. So if they navel-gazed when they were in high school, they're sort of going to get navel-gazy and, and doodly on the side of the document that they're supposed to be yeah, paying attention. they're the attention. same person they were when they were 10. They're like exactly fundamentally. Fundamentally is the same is like thing. the biggest smoke and mirror trick ever. Isn't it? <laughs> were there Isn't ever it? adults? I guess there were, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I think so, they died when off. Did, when did they happen? What they were is crushed children. <laughs> Maybe. Right? Because yeah. you were like right. 10, you're like, you're a man now. Go gather coal. And then you got hit in the face and your dad gave you your first drink and then that was adulthood. And you're like, oh, this is what life is about. Right. Shit. Right. I thought I was going to become an, an adult. Get all the answers. Yeah, like everything a, figured out. It unlocks like mm-hmm. a like a trophy in a play, play, PlayStation uh-huh. game. Yeah. Like, bling! You've reached adulthood. It's totally not mm-hmm. how it happened. Clearly, now more than ever, there is there are no clear signs of yeah. when you've reached it because all we've no, moved you, on. And you also have like fifteen year olds with ten million YouTube followers. Right. So like the whole thing is just turned upside down. Right. Right. Like I don't know. Like I was in New York last week. And they're they're like they're they're in the middle of Times Square, like giant billboards the size of this building that we're in, literally, mm-hmm. with this guy's face on it, and it's he's it's like a YouTube ad, and it's nine million fans, you know, and and like so the whole thing is turned upside down. It's like you could never have a, a fifty year old. Fifteen-year-old. You, you have a fifteen-year-old right. there, not a fifty-year-old, right. right? No, fifty-year-old so is 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 operating the camera. 
That's right. Yeah, he's underpaid. You know, right. he's yeah. underpaid. Yeah, yeah, but he's operating the camera because he knows how it works. Mm-hmm. Right. So the whole thing is totally thrown Shit. inside out. Okay, mm-hmm. so you start doing the gigs. You get a bit of a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, your name starts being thrown around as a guy who now, I guess, because of the books like Impact Equation, Flinch, you mm-hmm. get to know. I think your branding, if I remember correctly, was that you were a little bit like the off-the-cuff guy, right? Uh, Compared yeah, to I, the others? I was, I was younger than them, and I was more, I would say, more random things than they did. And you'd swear. Oh, and I was, that's right. I was known as the guy who said fuck a lot. Right, which yeah. was which was definitely like that without like realizing, a big deal. yeah, because okay. they all knew I didn't come from radio like they did, so they all were like, "Ooh, that's the yeah." He just he's always saying "fuck." That's his edge. Yeah, he's edgy. And you're like, I just talk this way. You're like, I'm not edgy at all. Right, mm-hmm. I'm just, it's my transition. You're kind of edgy, but okay in other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that becomes your branding. Uh, you write the flinch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the first book you write without any co-authors. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, why? Mm. Uh, because it was given to me by... Uh, there's a marketing guy, marketing author who's pretty famous called Seth Godin. Seth Godin. And yeah. Seth Godin uh, puts out... He has a special project called The Domino Project. This is how the book ends up being free because I don't know if you noticed, but like, there's no free books on Amazon. Right. Ever. Ever. Like, it's not possible. Not good ones anyway. No, no, there literally are none. You can't do it. At all. It can't be done. Really? You can, you can temporarily make a book for thir- free for 30 days. Ah. But you can never book make a book perpetually free. Because that would open the floodgates. Well, I don't know why they don't let you. But So this was this was the <laughs> only perpetually free book on Amazon, except for like the Bible. <laughs> this, no, this is true. Okay. No, yeah. I'm just, sorry. I'm just yeah. taking that in. I'm just taking yeah. that in. Processing. Yeah. Uh, I need more beer, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you trying to say fire in the hole? Fire in the hole. No. <laughs> fire in the hole. So, but the point is, is that... Hang on. For the listeners, I am... We are making the guests get me another beer. I mean, this is the kind of... Purpose. So if you think there's any glamour here at Fire in the Hole... Of my own volition. If you think there's going to be like, like fucking Rogan with his like uh, probiotic fucking Appalachian papaya drinks or whatever the fuck he keeps going on about to his guests and he's gonna you know he's gonna tell you about all this fancy shit no our guests here are not really guests <laughs> oh what a, a, what a beautiful sound beer commercial so thank you for getting me another beer uh, no Julian but what I wanted to know is was Flinch mm-hmm. is it something that was expected of you or was it your kind of secession uh, I, I, you remember I, I did a, I did a very long walk at that time. Uh, it, it's a it's a long pilgrimage that usually is done by much more religious people than me. This called is called the Camino de Santiago in in Spain, right? In Spain. Yeah, my half brother yeah. did it after his divorce. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get divorced, but that's like the kind of thing you need to do <laughs> after a divorce. It's kind it's of like nice, right? I need to get away from people so quickly. It's yeah. a pilgrimage. It in takes thirty five days to walk it. Okay, you just walk and like you, it's it's like raw suffering. Uh, and uh, and then I, I came back and I wrote a book about suffering. Basically, ah. that's 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 how that's kind of how it happens. See, this is like I'm all like I know this guy, and mm-hmm. I just never fucking made that connection. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, clearly, this was about you mm-hmm. realizing, because I think the message of it was, whatever, even if your 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 mind is screaming, go, mm-hmm. just keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Okay. It's like even if it's hard, do it anyway. Push through, mm-hmm. uh, the flinch. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that. What does that do for you? What is that? What impact? I mean, it's it's that's the that's the most uh, people stop me in airports. Really? To, yeah. Mm-hmm. They because recognize of, because you. of that book. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh my God. There's the guy that wrote that book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because it was free, they see it as even a bigger deal? No, the opposite. Because it was free, almost everybody that had a Kindle downloaded it. Oh, Whereas brilliant. if it's 99 cents, like, you think about it. Right. If it's free, you're like, eh. Yeah. Okay, so you were on all the Kindles. I was, yeah. Like, there would be huge spikes whenever Christmas came around because all these people had new Kindles. Right. And all these new Kindles, they needed something to download, I guess. Yeah. So it's you and the Bible. Well, I mean, I might be exaggerating <laughs> there, amazing? but not, not by a lot. Oh, yeah? Like, it was, it actually, it... That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's like a... Powerful like, thing. We bitch about the internet, but goddamn, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was downloaded, like, in the first week, like, 100,000 times. Okay. It's an insane number. Yeah. And so, cool. did you wanted this message to communicate to others, or you, you were just talking about your personal experience? I was talking about my personal experience, and that's why the book is so visceral. Because I could never say, Jason, you need to do this. I would just sound like an asshole. Right. But if, I, if I'm talking to myself, I can say the, the things to myself. Okay. Like the that, same, if you're that's how you talk mirror, to me, right? So the, right? so the book writes like you're talking to yourself and saying hard things to yourself, kind of. And it must have resonated with a... It, yeah, it, it resonates with a lot of people. Do you know how many people read it? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was free. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. We this were just is talking about that in the previous podcast with Danny. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah, people are listening to this because this is free, right? Like this is that's how it happens. Like this is, literally just yeah, like this. This like, is free. Right as free as freaking it. But yeah, what were you yeah. saying, Richard? We were talking to Danny about his his creative process and how right. it's like the ups and downs, and you know, it starts off and he's really excited about it, and then afterwards you start feeling like the work is shit, and then you're shit, and then you move away from it and go back to it, right? And how you need to kind of push through the, the hard parts in order to right to come out the other end and that's the, kind of what separates the people who put out stuff and who don't to push through that mm-hmm. mad self-doubt that's what Danny was saying is right when you there's that phase where like this is garbage everything I'm, I am garbage <laughs> I am garbage yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people really mm-hmm. really reacted to this and you know this is no comparison because this is so small scale next to what you achieved but um I was talking about that as well, about how I put up a short film on, on YouTube that I, that I did. And it's got, like, after a couple of years, it's got, like, about half a million views. That's great. Is that I the mean, Punisher one? Yeah, the Punisher mm-hmm. one. But, That's I mean, great. on a greater scheme of things, it's not a huge, it's not a huge thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if I'd had to go through traditional film, TV mm-hmm. models, first of all, it probably wouldn't have made, been made ever. That's right. But nowhere near that many people would have been able to see it. So, so we bitch a lot about the internet, but holy crap, you yeah, and the Bible. Why? I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm done being cynical about the internet. I think the internet yeah. is the most magical thing. In the world. It's, it's magic. Literally. It's magic? Yeah. yeah. I, I would see why that you would. robot cars. <laughs> robot cars? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's responsible in that accident? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not starting this. Okay. I'm not starting <laughs> this. Know. Okay. Yeah. So. You write the flinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a huge impact. You get mm-hmm. people like giving you like the hand, the, the, the like hard handshake in the, the airports. Shaky hand. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like looking like like stopping me and being like, "Hey!" Like I had a I had a bypass and I yeah I, yeah a little bit and I was afraid mm-hmm. to go outside. Yeah, you're starting to get guru type shit. Uh, it's not weird like that, but it's normal people that are like, you know, every everyone has something that they get inspired by. It's just and and they well, don't sure. know me like so they probably are like oh. Oh, he's shorter than I expected, or whatever. Right. You know, uh, but there's. I mean, every. Uh, I'm sure that there are people who w- watch the Punisher movie that think that actually. Jeez. You know what I mean? It's the same. 
And actually, but I, actually, that's what creativity is. Like, it's, you just made it. And someone was like, that was the best. And you're like, how, what? Really? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. You don't understand. You have no idea. I've always wanted to see a bald Punisher. <laughs> I've always thought that that was the best thing. Right. And then you're like, oh my God, someone noticed. Like, you're just weeping. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like this that. kind of... This kind of happened when one of the people that was in this fan film that we made, um, Amber Goldfarb. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, Amber, if you're listening. Hey. Uh, love your work. And uh, I'm looking in your eyes and I'm saying, I love your work, okay? <laughs> um, she, uh, she does cons, right? Because she's, she's in a bunch of sci-fi shows like Helix and a bunch of other things. She's a mm-hmm. multi, multi-talented individual. And she was at one of these science fiction cons and she ran into John Bernthal. Who was John Bernthal for the audience and me? He was Shane in uh, Walking Dead. Ah. The guy that rubbed his head a lot. Yeah. Uh, who got a lot, caught a bunch of shit, but I actually thought he was pretty cool. Mm. He was exactly what he was supposed to be. He was annoying as fuck, right? Mm. He was the annoying dude that you were afraid was going to snap, right? So he was, he's been recruited to play Punisher oh. uh, on the next it. season of Daredevil. Oh, that's great. And he, he, it was, there's such a hype about it now mm. that it's become full-fledged the the theme of the next season will be yes, Daredevil Punisher is there. versus Daredevil dealing with Punisher mm-hmm. it was kind of Daredevil if he had gone over the the mark over the edge that's true right if he didn't yeah. pull back at the even last even though this Daredevil is actually much crazier than he is a little more visceral Daredevil. but yeah. not much more than the comics mm-hmm. and we'll get back to that hopefully mm-hmm. one day anyway so the point is she, she ran into him mm-hmm. and he's like do I know you and she's like oh no and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, like, trying to put moves on you. Like, I know you. Mm-hmm. And, and Amber's like, um, I don't know. I've been in a bunch of things. She's like, you were in that, you were in that fucking fan film. And she's like, no way. Like, you saw Punisher. And she's like, yes. He's like, my agent fucking showed it to me. And I totally watched it while preparing for the role <laughs> of Punisher, right? Mm-hmm. And then that got back to me. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But then... We also found out that the guy that invented the character, J- uh, Jerry Conway, right, who invented Punisher, Punisher in the 70s, actually, tweeted out, like, he saw it and he loved it, right? And I'm not, like, tooting my own horn here at no, all. No, no. Right? That's, that's, that's exactly the point. I didn't make this entire film. This was a group mm-hmm. effort, et cetera. But I'm saying, I know what you're saying when you say that when it happens... Mm-hmm you don't get all self-conscious about it. You're just like, mm, I'm just going to leave that right here. Mm-hmm. It yeah. changed I your life? Thing. Cool, I'm really happy about that. I'm glad it but did. But actually, you're quite grateful because you're like, thank you, I worked really hard at it and it meant yeah. a lot to me at the time or I, it still means a lot to me. Sure. And then like when Jerry Conway tells you he liked your fan film mm-hmm. that you made for five grand yeah. <laughs> uh, after yeah. three horrible films about that subject, mm-hmm. you kind of become immune to every other piece of criticism a little bit yeah you don't mm-hmm. care right it's actually it's a it's a great it's a great evolution in in your way of thinking about work is like cool nothing that anyone says matters like you don't actually stop listening right because you got to mm-hmm. keep your ears open I, I i may be correct me if i'm wrong you got to keep listening i think so but it's no longer reaching the core every time someone says something no 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 right mm-hmm. right yeah okay so flinch mm-hmm. and then Finally, let's get to this mm-hmm. before this runs for, for too long. Mm. But we don't care, actually. There's no rules. Uh, I have a faint 
recollection of the first time we were sitting in a cafe, uh-huh. I think I was actually trying. I think I I I, I was hitting you up for money <laughs> for Punisher mm-hmm. No Mercy. That's possible. I think I was hitting you up for Punisher No Mercy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I ran out of money, and I was like, dude, mm-hmm. uh, anything you can do. And then you just mm-hmm. threw. You were like, you didn't even you didn't even flinch, Julian. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my wow. God. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even flinch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like we had an impact equation right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm dying over here, by the way. <laughs> I know, I'm killing you. Yeah. But the point is, like, mm-hmm. I remember a faint memory of you first mm-hmm. throwing at me, like, a messy, fucking, mm-hmm. like, rough, sketchy idea that became breather. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So how the hell does, did that come about from flinch and podcasting mm-hmm. and public speaking? Uh, I just had an idea that... Um, I've been watching technology for evolve, evolve for a really long time, and I kind of knew how things emerged right. and how they happened. Uh, and I had a sense that something uh, really interesting was happening around the density of cities and how space was becoming unavailable. And uh, I was like, huh, space is becoming more valuable as cities get denser, and yet space is difficult to find. That's interesting. And I just kind of sat with that for a while, and then eventually it became a company. Okay. So that's the, that's that's the quick version. That's the quick version, and then yeah, and so now it's a it's a it's in five cities. You know, we've raised over thirty million dollars. Shit, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, but I remember you specifically. One of the things that, mm-hmm. even though your first iteration of this was um, mm-hmm. much different, yeah, 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 is one thing that's remained at the core. Is mm-hmm. you were like, this is about quiet. This yeah. is about silence. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, because of noise. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this was a this was a reaction to the fact that you couldn't get any peace and quiet. Yeah, well, there's just a sense of uh, you. It, it, it's uh, this is really dumb to say, and maybe so obvious it's not even worth saying. Uh, but it's not possible to like buy a door, you know, okay. and close the door on things like that. It just doesn't. It's not possible. So the only doors you can really close if you have an office in your in your house, uh, if you have an office in your office, private office, or your home. And even then, maybe not because you have kids or something. So bathroom. Basically, bat your bathroom. bathroom. That's, that's what happens when you have kids. You that's know. the sanctuary. Yeah. For five minutes, thank God. Yeah. yeah. You pretend to need to go to, need to the to bathroom go to, really bad. Right. Yeah. To get five minutes. Yeah. So so the ability to, to open a door, and if you were able to do so, and get a space inside that's perfect. Right. Kind of like when you feel when you go into a hotel room, uh, and just close the door, and either get something work done, or just lie down or whatever it's actually really valuable and the thesis was is like people are going to pay for this and because electronic locks could for the first time be connected to mobile phones and everyone has a phone right it's more than just a space right yeah but i mean yeah so you need you need the technology to do it because the phone allows you to basically get a digital key right and the digital key is really what allows the whole system to work uh, so like 15 years ago this you would not have been able to do this 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 doesn't work The, the basic economics don't work because you need a person at the door and you need to transfer the key. Right. And that person makes it too expensive right. for people to buy. And then you need a little Filipino lady. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to clean with, it all the time the, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So when you when you change the, the person, you remove the person, you, tr- you change them into a lock, i.e. a robot, uh, then you get, uh, you get a new set of economics for the space. And that makes it possible for you to affordably rent the space for a couple hours to some person and have it be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And then 
um, if the spaces are nice, then you're like, well, people are going to go here. Like they go to, I don't know, Starbucks or something. Right. And turns out like, they do. I'm sorry to do this to you, man. Like, cause you, so this is something you probably have to keep, keep explaining to people, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like this is, this is something that you now have down pat, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to do this to you. Be like, clearly you were responding to my question, but I mm-hmm. guess I, I didn't want to make it that formal. I guess, I guess what I wanted to know is like, what made you want to start your own company? Uh, there was this sense. Do you know about Jeff Bezos has a regret minimization framework? Do you know about this? No. Okay. Richard? So Jeff Bezos in 1995, uh, when he was about to start Amazon, he worked at a hedge fund in New York. Yeah. And there were about 10 people working at a hedge fund. And like any hedge fund, those 10 people were making like $100 billion somehow. Yeah. I don't, still don't know how that works. But... Uh, he was like, oh, there's this thing, the internet's really interesting. We should do some some research on it and see what you can do because you might be able to make money from that. I don't know. And so Jeff Bezos was like told to go work on this. And he came away with the conclusion that you could turn, you could make a website that would sell everything and it would work. And not only would it work, but it would be incredibly valuable and powerful. So he's sitting... Uh, the story goes is that he has a regret minimization framework to make this decision, which basically is like, I'm lying on my deathbed and I think about this decision, a few options, either I did it or I didn't do it. And then either it worked or it didn't work. So I did it and it worked. I'm really happy I did it. I did it and it didn't work. Well, at least now I know. I didn't do it and it didn't work. Well, then thank God I didn't do it. I didn't do it and it did work. Well, fuck that other guy did it. (laughs) And so he goes through this process and he goes, I would rather do it than not based on all of the the metrics. And he even went so far as to move to Seattle because Seattle had no sales tax. And he would know, he knew that that would give him an advantage and be able to offer lower prices to other people. Are we talking about Amazon? Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guessed because I actually didn't know the name of the dude. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's Amazon. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, so he has a regret minimization framework. And so what I thought was, is a network of rooms is definitely a thing. And if I don't do it and some other guy does, this is an insane opportunity. Maybe I'm six months ahead of time because I tend to be six months ahead of time on things and catch them before Mm -hmm. other people catch them. If this is right, maybe I'll make an insane amount of money and be able to change the world. And if I'm wrong, well, at least I'll know. Okay. Wow. So what's happening in six months, Jules? <laughs> uh, I need well, numbers that would go, uh, let's say, on a lotto ticket. <laughs> I don't, it's not that precise. You no, usually no. have to work to get it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but just like uh, a friend of mine, you know mm-hmm. Tyler, right? Oh, Maybe okay. Tyler? So but robot cars. Robot cars. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, this, the framework of the city is being completely turned inside out yeah. uh, by the fact that uh, computers are getting really, really smart. Right. We can call them robots because they do things. Yeah, they're brats. And uh, so when you have robot cars, uh, it completely transforms the way that cities behave. Sure. And that means that living in Verdun versus living in downtown actually doesn't matter anymore because the cost is no longer the cost of a person driving you there because the person is gone. So now instead you just have the cost of the robot that's driving you there. And all these cars that you saw outside when we were smoking a cigarette out there, Yeah. Uh, all those cars just sit there because there's nobody in it. But if they all become robots then they're all driving around all the time, no waiting for people, right? So it actually transforms how cities behave. Uh, and uh, as you, you just, know... You just blew my mind. I just want you to I? know that. Maybe it's the, it's this beer. It must be the beer. 
Yeah. But or the, the But I mean this is like a pretty common thing that we talk about in in in, in like if you read tech blogs. Like that's okay. pretty common. So robot cars mm-hmm. I've done a bit of research on this topic. Mm-hmm. I know who's on the forefront of this. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I know. Obviously, Tesla mm-hmm. is all over it. I know that um, uh, Lexus is in their own sort of old rich white guy way. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Tesla, I think, is moving towards a like driverless car period. Yeah, an automated Ooh. self-driving vehicle. Right. Yeah, Lexus is moving towards a like Resisted. we will have a, a valet yeah. with the white gloves right somewhere mm-hmm. in, in third world. Um, the Google one too. The Google one. Yeah, there's right? the Google car, of course, which is getting smarter every day, right? It's the same principle that applies to the rooms, that applies to LinkedIn, yeah. that applies to the cars. The cars, when they're networked, become more intelligent. Interesting. And they, it's like uh, what do they call it? Uh, like Terminator. Okay, uh, now because, we have our outro music. Yeah, <laughs> because the Terminator, when you kill it, the next time it becomes immune to the thing that just killed it, right? I think you're thinking I'm of thinking the about Borg. X-Men. The Borg. The Borg. Oh yeah, the Borg. Right, you yeah. can shoot it oh, about X Men too. Yeah, X Men uh, Days of Future things. Past. Yeah, the, yeah. which yeah. is a which is a rip of the board. Yeah. and yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not going to elaborate because you should know that because that's I want to remain. Show. I want to keep the little mm-hmm. sex appeal that I have left at 36, <laughs> turning on 37. For this audience, maybe maybe yeah. I was wrong. Maybe there are grown ups. Perhaps. So I literally have no idea what that was. You, of course, you know what that was. That sounds familiar. Come on, man. We when we when we hang out, remember I started slamming the. Oh, I, randomly, of I, know what it is. Okay, I just yeah, randomly yeah. started beating the the, yeah. the couch. I know it. Uh, with that, and everybody immediately joins in. I believe that piece of music. People don't realize the power of the the Terminator theme. You could start like banging it out at a party, and I believe within like five or six turns, everyone yeah. will be like, "It's like, like bringing look, out a guitar." Almost Except the opposite. <laughs> you know, everyone will immediately like. That's when you know greatness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're like, okay, this movie is like a bit of a kitsch thing now, Arnie, and like catchphrases, blah blah blah, '80s kitsch, but um, that theme immediately stirs. That's right. The hearts mm-hmm. and souls, you know, like you make fun of fucking Bon Jovi all you want, right? Like fuck Bon Jovi and mm-hmm. his fucking whole band. Hey, bon Jovi wrote the Terminator th- song. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you for keeping uh, for paying attention. But the second you start playing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I don't know, fucking living on a prayer or anything. Yeah, that's it. Even the most curmudgeony of curmudgeons mm-hmm. is gonna like. Like everyone's yeah. gonna start singing along. You can't help it. There is a transcendent power to 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 like there are these things that just hit a chord. The theme song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, are you are you do you have are you moving on to something else? No. Is this it? I think I think this, this is your life's. This is your. No, opus? no. I think this is like the thing that I do. You found it. Yeah, I think this is it. This is going to go on. Okay, so everything else has been yeah. like a lead up to this yeah, in a yeah. way. Well, now. no, I mean, they've all been valuable, but there's... Of course. Yeah, there's this yeah. There's this sense of um, uh, needing to do something. Then eventually you're like, oh, no, this is actually the thing. Okay. You know? So this this one will carry me a very long way. You just... It just clicked in your head, or how do you know? Well, you just... You can tell it's, it's growing super fast. Right. Uh, people use it a lot. It makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at the small scale where it is... And and it's and it's growing really fast. 
You know, so the next step is that you're going to use your phone to unlock the robot car that's going to take you to your breather space. You, people already do that. Yeah. yeah, but they do it without the robot car. Yeah. <laughs> but people do already have, have this for sense now. of like, for now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a part of like this on-demand lifestyle that doesn't really exist here in Montreal, okay. but certainly in like New York and San Francisco. And right. there's like, oh yeah, I use this on-demand service, and then I order this room service to this room, and I, then so I they order an Uber with their phone that takes them to their yeah. breather space. And while they, they shop online, while well, they shop online, it's the, the shut-in economy they call it. The shut-in economy. Yeah, you never heard that. Mm. I would not be the guy that would know these terms. Yeah, called the shut-in economy. That's cool. I I think people like us, Richard and I, were put on this planet by whatever intelligent design. Like, just like the, you were, you may have been put here to, like, move on things six months early. Mm. I think we're reactors. Uh-huh. I think that's what we're doing. Like We uh, make sense of it. Like like the Rocket Man? No, wait. Uh, wait, what's that Nazi movie? Okay, I was trying to make this really meaningful, and then it, oh, okay, it's you gone. just said Nazi movie. Okay, no, go back to that. <laughs> just go back. Yeah. I was going back to your sci-fi epic metaphor where mm. uh, Richard was the Oracle, uh-huh. which I'm totally on board with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there is maybe a role to people who whose job it is to sort of try to make sense of what's mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. interpret it in a way. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm obviously like blowing a little bit of smoke up here of my own ass here mm-hmm. by assuming that I, I have the ability to understand what's going on. But the fact is that I think that's important to there's, there's an importance to innovating and pushing and trying new things. Mm-hmm. But if anything, the internet has shown us that we're all kind of reeling from the from the speed with which things are changing. Completely. And and those who pretend or maybe even do have some understanding of it are reaping the rewards from mm-hmm. corporations, right? That they're being mm-hmm. paid through the roof um, for their expertise. But I think there's also like this dangerous thing now where we're just not allowed to contemplate. We're not able to contemplate any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just moving so fast. Yeah, and it'll be gone in no time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and you can put all the marketing behind something and it'll it'll, it'll fizzle out, mm. right? And you can like scratch your ass and suddenly it's viral. And it's viral, right? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man, did uh, we've only scratched the surface, right? Like there was like here we we I called you out so we could deal with all the preliminaries, right? Mm-hmm. But next time you come on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I will still be having beers and start getting sluggish as we get into the second hour. Mm. But mostly what I'd like you to do is promise that you'll come back. Sure. And next time the pressure's off, <laughs> you will have delivered the, the bio. Mm-hmm. And then you can just shoot the shit with us. And we'll, we can victimize any subject of your choosing. Mm-hmm. If, if you'll come back. My pleasure. Your strokers and sleeves are getting mundane Your todger is begging for a wider range Three levels of suction, three textures to ooze on And three different orifices to choose from Three fat, three fat The fun's not so low Three fat, three fat Switch between holes, bro Three fat, three fat Your monster's cheering For this triumph of engineering Three fab, fab happier.